Guys, welcome back to the Select View Podcast. Here today we have Matt Sapala with the Seven Figure Squad, Millionaire Goals, and author of the number one Amazon selling book, Faith Made Millionaire. That's right, man. I'd Glad like to, to welcome you to the to the Select Few Podcast. Excited, man. Dude, it's it's an absolute pleasure and honor, man. Select Few is a very interesting name because you know in the Marines it's like the few, the proud, the Marines, right? So Yeah. When uh, when there's many, it's cool. But when there's a select, that's special. Yeah, select uh, select few people truly understand, uh, you know, the the mission, the the goal, the you know, and and it's a different lane. It can apply mm-hmm. to so many different areas of life. Yeah, it's not dedication. just dedication. You know, yeah, dedication. You know, yeah, yeah. Ser- you know, people that serve in the military, people who serve as police department, people yeah. that are entrepreneurs. For sure. You know, I mean, there's a select few of all of them, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, select few people truly understand what it takes, and. Uh, that's our mission, and, and, and I'm grateful, man. And, and really, I'd like to start off with thanking you for your service. My man, appreciate you know, it. Um, I saw, the, I saw, the, uh, saw the flags out there, too, so your family's all in the military, yeah, too, as well. Yeah, uh, you know, I hold the military near and dear to my heart. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I might not have been in myself, but I, I, I bleed red, white, and blue. Of course. And, uh, you know, it's a great country. It's America, be. baby. Exactly. Love it. <laughs> Love it. That's what injection of patriotism, that's what America needs right now, the injection of patriotism, just a feeling of gratitude for this country and in spite of all of our imperfections and sure. the, the fights we have at the end of the day, man, I still love American soil, the American dream. Yeah. I mean, that's a, and really we're losing sight of that. Yeah. You know, the, the reality of, of just everything's getting split, you know, left to right now and not really the, the fundamentals and the foundation of what this country was built on. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, this country was built off, you know, people coming in, Right, mm-hmm. we found in America, yeah, and so it's all different types of people. That's right. And somehow the government decided, let's divide. Mm-hmm. You know, let's divide them all up. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah. hmm, you That's know, right. this is how the Tea Party started, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if if you look at our money, right, and on our money, our coins and our and our cash, if you look at it, it says e pluribus unum, right, which means from many one. So from many different countries, from many different ethnic backgrounds, many different countries, we are still one as people. And I'll say this, and I appreciate you saying about the military. When I was over there overseas, the enemy would scope us out and send Browns down the range trying to take us out. And they're trying to take us out not because we're African-American or Latino-American or Filipino-American or white-American or, or Native-American. They just saw the American flag. Yeah. They just saw one patch. They saw one flag. So, you know, that's an American. Let me take them out. That's our enemy. And so, so ironic how... If the enemy doesn't look at us and our differences, why are we looking at each other and yeah. our differences and calling ourselves enemies? Well, exactly. There's a reason it says united we stand. For sure. You know, they see it. <laughs> but somehow we live here in America and they're not seeing it. You know, so that's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's gotten so far, you know, yeah. left field that we just, how do you bring that back? Well, we're like podcasts like this. Yeah. Like you're the answer. Um, for example, we were, uh, we were in Bahamas a couple of weeks ago. You know, my, my, my mentor and our CEO of our company, PHP Agency, is a guy by the name of Patrick Ben David. He runs a uh, YouTube channel called The Valuetainment, and his podcast, a PBD podcast. It's fair, fairly well uh, recognized across the world. And we we're walking out of dinner in the Bahamas, in this hotel. A lot of people were there. People stopped us, say, Hey, Patrick, I recognize you. Hey, bring me on your podcast. I'm here with 100 of my people. I'm in construction, I'm in real estate. We're from uh, New York, New Jersey. I got a thing to say about what's going on in America today and then put me on your podcast and I'll share my voice. Patrick pushed back and I said, well, why don't you start your own podcast? He's like, well, well, well you know, just, <laughs> you know, 
know, I don't want to lose clients. If I say what I really think, you know, yeah. and it's a consistent thing, I might lose customers. So, bro, that's your, he goes, you're probably the problem. You're probably the problem. That's fact, though. You know, you yeah. have to be who you're going to be. Yeah. You know, you do not need to mold to what people want you to be like. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that on other podcasts because it goes to the same thing with the, we've had, you know, artists on here for the music industry. And, you know, as you've seen, like in your career, the celebrities, they have to mold to a certain criteria yeah. or you don't fit. Yep. You know, where you get a job, right? Yeah. People go against the grain. I mean, yeah. you can, you know, uh, Kanye is kind of a bad example, but if you look at Kanye, he does what Kanye wants to do, mm -hmm. right? Even if it costs him billions, exactly, <laughs> it, it can cost you two million dollars with one company. But he's like, it's, he's doing what he wants to do, yeah. and so I have to applaud yeah. people like that. Uh -huh. You know, some mm -hmm. people are afraid to talk about faith. They're they're afraid to to pray, or they're you know, it's like. You know, it's like even with with the, that mo most recent movie that just came out, people were it's like, freedom. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, let's let's not go watch it. And if we watch it, we're not going to tell anybody we watched mm -hmm. it. No, mm -mm. you know, tell everybody. Yeah, you know, be like you'd like it, you don't. It's interesting how the last three years, if I can look look back on what America, what like all this, you know, what's just hitting the fan. It's been really the last three four years. Yeah. Ever since they tried shutting us down, locking us down, putting masks on our face, telling us to take the jab, telling us to take the damn supplemental boosters, trying to tell us to be socially distant, telling us to shut down our business, telling us to, right? Telling us we can't go to church, we can't congregate together, can't spend holidays together, we gotta separate. When did we start tolerating that type of stuff? We're Americans, man. Yeah, we, you know, it's, it's wild because I think it's, it's not to take anything from COVID or anything like that or the seriousness of those things. Mm -hmm. But it was a way for the government to see how much control can we have. For sure. Get. They pushed it. They did. They pushed and pushed and pushed. And we and passed pushed. the flying colors, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We passed. Like, like a bunch of sheep. That's right. You know, we all lined up, you know. But three states, though. Right. You got Texas, you got Florida, you got Tennessee. Yeah. Fastest growing population because those states kept everybody free. And, of course, you got North Dakota out there, but who's really <laughs> the North Dakota? <laughs> right. I mean, it's like a not little, really a cold. <laughs> But, you know, look at these three states, you know, income tax-free type states. You know, there's a lot of businesses moving, and you know, I'm from Chicago, and and I love growing up in Chicago. And I lost two of my insurance agents. They're just doing their job. They're getting car. They got carjacked for the cars. Got shot in the head for the cars, all because of the policies that allow these things start to ha start happening, and and the lack of protection that people feel. They don't feel safe right. in Chicago anymore. And, you know, you know. Uh, I think Friday was talking about, oh, from Chirac. See, we even got that reputation. Yeah. So, and, and who wants that? Who was that, right? You know, but you want to be proud from where you're from. Of course. You know, and, and that's where, you know, everything's gone haywire is it's it's become a political agenda yeah. more than it's been about the people. You know, because it doesn't matter about your, your race or your gender or anything like that. It just yeah. we're all Americans. United yeah. we stand. Yeah. And, you know, divided we're going to fall. We the people, not we the government. Right. You know, that's that's where, you know, we just got jaded to saying, I think somebody else is going to take care of it. Because, like, do you know something's wrong? You know something wrong? Well, someone's going to say something, right? No, they're not. We have to say something. Right. But so I applaud you for being a solution to the problem. And I'm praying that this podcast continues to bless other people and be downloaded in people's phones. And they're able to be programmed with the right thought process and knowledge to go out there and speak their voice and be one of the select few that has enough courage to go do something about it. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, and it goes down to is are we going to pass that fundamental on to our kids? Yeah. You know, I raised four boys. And, you know, we, we hold strong to that. We're not mm -hmm. going to force them to believe a certain way or think a certain way. They're just going to hear and act as they want, but we're going to give them the facts. Yeah. And you make your own decision. And that's, 
you know, versus being raised. You know, it's like it's like racism, racism in general. Like you're not born racist. You know what I mean? You but learn it. it. You learn it. Yeah. You know, it's taught at home, mm-hmm. right? It's taught, in, you know, amongst your your friends, your family, mm-hmm. in that circle, and then it, it sticks there. Yeah. You know, then all of a sudden it's like people are categorized, right? Yeah. And that's not how life is supposed to be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but that's what the government is doing for certain groups of people. And it's like, you belong here, you yeah. belong here, here. But you know what? We're going to go ahead and just put everybody inside during COVID too, you know? <laughs> and forget about all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, if there's one thing, you know, I always get asked, you know, what did you learn most from the Marine Corps? Was it, you know, was it teamwork? Was it leadership? Was it you know, hard work? Was it discipline? Yeah, there's all the cliche things, right? But what I really learned from the Marine Corps, I remember uh, uh, being in my first deployment. And I remember Lance Corporal Roy. I'm from Chicago. There's a brother here from Dallas. Brother from, uh, you know, he's playing football here. here I think uh, uh, UNT is like one of the, okay. uh, yeah. And uh, he decided to go into the Marine Corps instead. So we're here. You know, you got a Filipino guy. You got a brother over here. And then you got this, you know, white dude from somewhere in the deep south. <laughs> he looks at both of us. He goes, this is the first time in my entire life I see somebody that's not white. <laughs> okay, all right, bro. So <laughs> ready for some training. But after we went through training, after we went through deployment, that guy's a brother. Yeah. He looked at his brothers too. Yeah, and it's amazing, but it's but it's crazy too that he even started that conversation that way, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and that's but that's what happens. It's yeah. and you know, I think in America we just we've got to take a step back and start thinking for ourselves and realize the bigger picture is, you know, we're, people are being digitally programmed, you know, yeah. through what they're watching, what they're playing, mm-hmm. you know, through yeah. through social media platforms. Yeah. And the good news is, though, like even with like, you know, the sound of freedom and things are now people are starting to stand up mm-hmm. and speak out. Yeah. And it's like you, the cancel culture is starting to be canceled. Right. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. so it's, it's cool to see that flip. You know, yeah. it's like even with Jason Aldean's new song. Yeah. It's like all Try that in flack, small town. Right? right. Yeah, exactly. You get all that flack and then all of a sudden it's like shoots to, you know, yeah. number one song. But you got gangster rap. Out there, yeah. and all the Jewish producers in LA admit to it. Hey, you know, we want to produce that because that makes us the most money. Right. But what does that mentally program into the community? Was that program to the kids? Was it program to the adults? And you got good guys like John Morant, who's a is a, is a son of two parents that raised them, and he thinks he's freaking gangster with his daggone pistol waving around. It's cost him his his brands, costing him money because that's in his head. Yeah. And so, you know, he's, it reminds me of the kid who's raised in the suburbs, but he thinks from the hood. Probably right. not. Just own where you're at. Your parents did a good job of raising you in a safe community. You ain't got to be fake. I mean, that's like 21 Savage. He, he raps about sleeping on pallets, and dad's a surgeon. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> so, <laughs> 21 Savage. So, you know, so it's, uh, you know, what, what a name for that. But that's, I mean, that's the thing. But that goes back to molding, right? They want to yeah. be something that they're not because it sells or... Yeah. That's what you're told to be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Friday, you know, he's given me a lot of insight just like in the, in the music industry and just how, why so many artists are actually going independent. You know, it's, it's not that the, the bad part about how much, you know, the label keeps from you, mm-hmm. but it's what they need you to look like, what they need you to act like, sound like. Yeah. And then you lose all the creativity, you know? And yeah. it's, I mean, it's, dude, this world, man. Yeah. It needs some help. For sure. You know, but, you know, we are going to push that message. Let's you go. Know? And it's, um, and as you've seen, like, through the guests we've had, we want people's perspectives. You know, I don't need you to agree with me. Yeah. I'm not going to agree with you. You know what I mean? Like, we'll have common ground, but it's like we want people to see everybody's perspectives. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be stuck. It's a product of your environment. You know, you really can persevere. You know, you, you went from the Marine Corps, right, to being a self-made millionaire, 
entrepreneur, author, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you have all of these things. So you could have been like some of these guys that get out of the military and they don't go very far, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. are, you know, they're failed by the system in certain degrees too, but they also don't push forward and not rely on that system. And that's, that's a great point. What, what separates somebody from leaving the military and, and pushing the way you did or falling into the trap of becoming homeless or, you know, in, the, in that category? You know, I always look at myself as being independent. You know, when I had the opportunity to get promoted, it's either I can get promoted waiting for what they call time and service. So if you just spend enough time in the military and you stick around long enough, you're going to naturally get promoted. You keep your nose clean, you're going to get promoted. But most they said, hey, yep, we have a meritorious board. You can earn a promotion. You can get paid sooner, faster, and get a higher rank. Sure. I'm like, okay, how do I get that? So I, I was kind of wired for that. Maybe it's for me back in high school, clipping all the newspapers and <laughs> aluminum cans to make some cash on the side. Maybe it was that. Right. Maybe it was, uh, 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 I had a lawnmower, and I said, I'll mow your lawn for five bucks. So it was their uh, pre-military. Yeah, I, I think it was their pre-military. Gotcha. And I think if, if guys in the military wait for, and that was a talk in the military too, hey, man, you can, that's from VA, you can, that's from VA. Listen, to all the veterans that listening to this, I had never waited on the VA for anything. Even I got out PTSD, I got the two torn patella tendons, 40% torn. I got a shoulder here, all you know, L4, L5, what do you call that, stenosis. I got all that stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, it's going to take me all minute to get my VA benefits and to prove that this happened to a service connect and all this stuff. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, if I could just make enough money, I'm going to go see the doctor I want to go see, get the treatment I want to go see and not have to spend all day waiting for my appointment. Exactly. So, you know, and I'm not the veteran that also is going to be at Applebee's trying to get a free this or trying to get a military discount. I'm like, that's it. I, nobody owes you anything. Even if you did serve this country, you serve this country because you wanted to serve this country. It's a volunteer army. You serve this country. Even you doing that, the country still doesn't owe you anything. You chose to serve this country. Now, what are you going to do for the freedom that you fought and bled for? What are you going to do about it? You earned it. What are you going to do about it? Oh, Uncle Sam. The victim mentality, the blame mentality is also very prevalent with inside the veteran community. Whether you're enlisted or you're an officer, it's very prevalent inside the military. And I'm looking at the military now, so this you know, with all the stuff that's going on with the, uh, you know, this whole woke military and them thinking that yes, sir, or no, sir, and yes, ma'am, no, ma'am might be offensive. <laughs> what the hell's that shit, right? Listen, Uncle Sam doesn't owe you nothing. I'm glad to be in America. When you get out, take everything that the military taught you, go get yours. And so if you fought for it, now you know what the price was. Get your piece of freedom, baby. Let's go. Well, I mean, that's the thing, too, is, you know, you are set up to, to get that college degree afterwards. You know, yeah. Uncle Sam will hook you up with for sure. that. And um, not, a, not, not everybody takes advantage of it like yeah. they should. Yeah. And, and I think you kind of touched base is some people are just ingrained differently, you know, early on. Do you think that started with your, your parents or your upbringing? You know, my parents were, you know, the, the go to school type. Yeah. You know? Yeah, or, you know, you're like, going to be a doctor? Yeah, you have to Filipino, right? You're <laughs> yeah. going to be a nurse, the minimum nurse. Oh, yeah. Do our family problem. Uh, my sister lost Filipino, so I know, <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> be a radiologist or something like that, something in the healthcare field, be in a hospital, so at least, you know, we can all have lunch together, you know? Yeah. Keep it in the hospital. <laughs> but I was maybe, I was like, maybe that kid, so you know what? I, I kind of like money. I kind of like traveling. I kind of like the nice cars. I want to live in this neighborhood, and I want to eat at that restaurant, and go fly and travel this place, and I realized I did all the math. I'm like takes a little bit more money than your typical job. I better find a way to 
earn a lot more money. When I would fly over Southern California, I was stationed there, Marine Corps Station, El Toro, and, and Camp Pendleton. We'd, to fly to our training areas, we had to fly over Long, Long Beach, Santa Monica Beach, Dana Point, Santa Clemente Beach, you know, Orange County, Fashion Island, Balboa, like nice spots, man. And everybody's driving Mercedes, everybody's got a governor's drive, everybody's got a pool in the back, gated community, like, what are these people doing? What are these people doing? I got to figure out what they're doing and come to find out they're either CEOs or entrepreneurs or something in sales. Yeah. And I got, I said, how do I pick up sales? And that's when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in 1999. And I resonated with it because he was also a Marine. Yeah. He was also, also that's, Asian American. That's an OG book, right? OG. It's, a, it's still a bestseller, yeah, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Still a bestseller. It's a great it's book. Crazy. But, uh, I, I, when, I, when I met Robert, I said, listen, I loved your first book because it got me to think differently. I didn't get so much about the assets and liabilities until the second book, which is the cash flow quadrant, which had me understand, okay, going forward long term, how do I want to make my money? Employee, self-employed, business owner, investor. How do I get from this side of the quadrant to this side of the quadrant? He goes, yeah, Matt, of all the books I've read or uh, written, the second one is my favorite one, cash flow quadrant. Straight from the man, author himself. Love that book. But he's, he's prophesying uh, the economy's falling, man. Get Bitcoin and <laughs> get out of paper assets, fiat currencies, all that stuff. So God bless Robert Kiyosaki, man. <laughs> I mean, that's, you got to pick it up where you can. And then yep. you start, I mean, obviously now you're motivating people. You know, you, yeah. you've taken what you've learned and then you've, you've, you've created just this, you know, monster. Yeah. And, and people often think, you know, they, they confuse my chapter 35 with their chapter one thinking, oh, it was so easy for you, man. It's so easy for you. you start your business, right? Start your podcast, bro. You don't understand. You know, you, you heard, you heard, you know, you heard the, the the glory, but you didn't hear the story. That's why I'm gonna be able to share that some of this. I was a single dad. I got divorced. I filed bankruptcy. Single dad of three kids, going through two different family uh, child support cases, and I had custody of the kids. Go figure. Yeah. Fighting the system and That's judges all make you think I'm a deadbeat dad. Yeah, the system is is uh, is awful for the father. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Especially dads that want to be dads, mm-hmm. you know, and and most humiliating thing is the judge telling me, "Well, you have visitation." What do you mean I have visitation? Those are my kids. You don't tell me I want to go see my kids. It's right, my kids. You don't birth them. My yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like it's like me and my partner don't disagree, but I can't see my kids. Right. You know what I mean? Like right, right. Well, and they empower, you know, yeah, the, the mom more than the dad. And so, thank God, I hired the right attorney that uh, had the right mouthpiece and the right relationship. Not that she was a better attorney. Right. But she had the right relationships <laughs> in the court system to kind of... I mean, it's sad that you have to say that, right? Yeah. You know? It's, yeah. It should just be... That's when uh, I learned it was a dirty game. It's very dirty. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's... I mean, that's how the world is. Yeah. Know? That, that yeah. was already dirty. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is just caught, yeah. caught, caught up to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But what, what, it, what solved it wasn't waiting for the VA to pay for me for anything. I went and made more money to create a stockpile of cash. I can go say, who's the best attorney in the, in the city? Yeah. And get that mouthpiece. Represent me. You know, it's funny because uh, when you when you say, you know, you saw these neighborhoods, you know, the, the, the nice cars, the pool, you know, like for some reason, like some, especially, I, I bet in Chicago, like you see a pool, you're like, damn, they got money. Oh, for sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Like here, yeah, yeah. it's like. If you have a car, you got money. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. too, right? Yeah. And, uh, but it, I can't tell you how many times, and until this moment, I didn't even think about it, but how many times somebody says, where's all this money come from? Where's all this money come from? <laughs> We're rolling through Highland Park or Preston Hollow or somewhere nice. I'm like, uh hard work <laughs> you know what I mean like I don't want to be an asshole about it but I'm yeah. like they did something yeah and uh, I mean some of those people really shouldn't be there because they're really mm-hmm. living well above to look because yeah. they're molded to, to feel like they have to belong yeah you know what I mean versus like 
go outside the suburbs and get yeah. something affordable and yeah. let your money work for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but that's, it's motivating if you allow it to be motivating yeah. or you can sit there and be like, yeah, I don't know how people have this. It must be drugs. Yeah. I mean, right here in the, st- in the studio, we got Laquan is, is joining me. He's, he's auditing this because I want him to get primed to start doing podcasts to himself because he's going to be a thought leader. Laquan relocates here from Shout Jacksonville, out. Florida. You relocated from Jacksonville, Florida. How, how many, how many months ago from, from Jacksonville, Florida? Six months ago. Relocates to Jacksonville, Florida. Plugs into our office, absorbs our environment, culture, the local mentors and leaders we have, and he just crossed over six figures, and he's about to cross over two fifty, right? So he's he's adding a, a lot of momentum, and it's just the power of proximity, the power of association, yeah. the power of being the right, right environment. He uprooted his family, his children, his household from Jacksonville, Florida, where he was comfortable, and went to Dallas, where he was uncomfortable, and here's a result. Yeah. Man, that's a that's what people need to do. Round of applause, right there. Come on, baby, that's, that's Laquan. Laquan. My security buddy. detail. <laughs> that's what I found out when when, uh, when you guys showed up an hour early. You know, shout out to people that are late. <laughs> you know, because we get some of those guests that are late, and uh, it's an hour early, and I'm like, it's the one day I didn't get my haircut done before the podcast, <laughs> and I'm like, y'all show up, and the, and the office staff is like, uh, there's somebody here, and I'm like. <laughs> you know, and, there, and, it, and he was getting walked around by our warehouse property manager. I'm like, yeah. oh shit! Yeah. First impressions are always the it's best. Always- and I'm like, okay. And then when I was like, I sent I sent them a picture of you. I was like, is it him? They're like, nah. I was like, oh shit, there's security's here. I was like, get the man a bottle of water. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's let's make sure he's good. You know, let's let's yeah, show he, him. He gave me a call. I was like. Oh, that's that. That's not Marine time right there. Yeah. Was Marine early right there. I was there. like, oh shit, there's snipers in my trees. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I, they didn't show up on all my game cameras, so I didn't know. You know, it's caught me off guard, but that's it. Yeah, Shout out, I like one. That's man. I feel like he needs to come get on the mic. Like yeah. that's that's huge because you know mm-hmm. when you cross into just the six figure bracket, right? It could be a hundred thousand dollar. That used to really mean a lot, yeah. right? It's still yeah. a huge yeah. thing, mm-hmm. but but the way the economy's gone, yeah, the hundred thousand dollars doesn't doesn't like do anything yeah. like it used to. Yeah. You know, I used to be like, you know, what's the goal? Hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, you know, then you hit it and you're like, and yeah. I need two now. Exactly. You know, I'm like yeah. just to go to the grocery store. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and uh, it, it's like, well, well, the thing with him is like. Uh, how many hours, Laquan, did you spend in the car? De- he was in fin- he was in finance. How, uh, many, okay. how many hours a day did you spend at the car dealership? It was about eighty hours a week. Yeah, eight hours a week. So he's living at the dealership. Got yeah. kids, got a family, he's got responsibilities. And you know, if you're not in a dealership, you're not making any money. So they're locked into yeah the car dealership. So this type of hundred grand is not eighty hours a week right. at the dealership. It's same money, but. I'm living my life now. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like there's more time for family, right? The things that yeah. are important. The reason you were sitting at that car dealership is because of that family, Correct. you know? And it's like, you know, we, I pretend like it was, you know, for me, right, in a way, mm-hmm. but it was never about me. It was always about my kids yeah. and my wife. It's like, I don't want you to worry about, you know, how are we going to pay that bill? Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I, I really want to congratulate you on, on the success you have, and I, I can tell this is only the beginning, Yeah. right? It's like, I didn't even know if I was worthy of this podcast, to be honest with you, because I was like, you know what, I'm like, I'm self-made, you know, but it's like, I'm honored to have somebody, you know, like you, who's, who's ahead of me, right? I might have a couple of years on you, you know, but, I, you know, but, but that's my thing. Like, my goal is yeah. to align myself with people in general, mm-hmm. right? Like-minded individuals, but, you know, I feel like there's a lot I can learn from you 
And I really respect the fact that, that you know, you brought mm-hmm. him today to see what we're doing, what mm-hmm. you're doing, yeah. and helping him find his goals. Because, you know what, I've bought a lot of cars. And, and like, you know, you got to go deal with the finance guy, even if you're, if you're paying cash. And, and it's like the finance guys, shout out to my guys at Grapevine Ford, because they're the craziest people. Like, they will buy me scotch. Like, literally, it's like, yeah. hey, I got this four-year-old bottle of scotch. Like, they don't like scotch, but okay, they like you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, but they're, like, the coolest people. Yeah. And uh, But that's a difficult job. You know what I mean? Especially, like, during the week. You mm-hmm. know, nobody's coming in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what yeah. what uh, what brand of cars was it? So, it went from Hyundai to Maserati. Okay. Which one did you like better? Hyundai. You liked Hyundai? Hyundai was better. That's because there's more cars to sell. Yeah. It's, uh, what do Hyundai's go for now? Now? Well, yeah. Hyundai to Genesis. So uh, That's why I got the... <laughs> that's the flagship. What's the, sti- what's the sticker? For the G90s around... The new one's about 100 grand. Damn, bro! Have you sat in a G90? I mean, I'm not... I'm not were, were you impressed? Dude, the G90, there's... It's basically the, the, the S-Class Mercedes. <laughs> wow. Dude, there's... It's legroom. I mean, you might as well have Fonsworth Bentley in there with you. Mm. It's, dude, it's wild. It's mm. like Hyundai stepped up their game. Yeah. And that G90s, I think it was the G80s, they used to be like 70. Mm-hmm. And then when they went to the G90, it went up. I've never been able to bring myself to buy a Hyundai, <laughs> right? Hyundai Sonata. So, I take that back. We've owned Hondas before. Yeah. But, like, when it came to wanting a luxurious... More leg room type yeah. thing. I was like, I don't know if I can get the Honda. You know what I mean? Like, but it's it's cool. It's super dope. Like, dude, they really hit it on the money. And okay. It, and the cool thing is they don't even have the Honda logo on it. It's just, it's just, it looks like a Bentley. It's just Genesis. Yeah. Wow. It, it's like a Bentley logo. You know, you know they show me that is that Hansberry's. Hey, Matt, you like this car? I'm like, dude, that's, that looks solid. What is that? How you get that? Oh, it's a Honda. Well, no way. In Genesis for real, like it's like you see it coming down the road, it's like, oh shit, that's a Bentley. And South Koreans, man, yeah, yeah. That's up in the game, man. It's good, it's, it's super dope, man. I like it, and uh, nah, it's good. I gotta school you in cars, man. <laughs> you know, you know, you, what? you just have a guy that goes get your cars, don't you? Yeah, you know, you're <laughs> can I, you want me to be your concierge? I'll be your car concierge, right? <laughs> what was I asking? What was I asking you in the garage? About, about? We got to type, you know, the 64, uh, you know, Chevy Impala, Impala man, the right. SS, gotta be, you know, candy apple red with. You know, I want candy, candy apple green. Oh, candy green's apple green. my coat. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Dude, we can do that. You know, yeah. we can even get a little gold flake in it. You okay. Know, yeah. Gotta be a little different. You know what I mean? That paint job, bro. Dude. Wow. It's a drop top. Yo. Mighty Emerson. Mighty Emerson. What? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like our, and, our team thing. So I was gonna say you gotta drop yeah. that in there. You know, yeah. a couple. You know, eights or tens in the trunk. Yeah. You know, yeah. dude. Oh, go. It's it's game over. Yeah. You know, you're definitely gonna drive that to the podcast. It's a it's a. Uh, it's the craziest thing when you when you start making a little bit of money and and um, <clears throat> the things that you like, were talking about you know you hit hundred thousand two hundred thousand well my thing was cars to me it was like like a milestone status type type thing and AMG was like what does AMG stand I don't know what AMG stands for all I know is that when I pick up that car and call my boys and I hear them yo Paul, what's up and I say oh my god they know what happened I bought my <laughs> I bought my dream car <laughs> I bought my dream car oh you picked it up pick me up. <laughs> oh my god now, now I got a couple of them it's like it's cool you know the one I, I got out there but blast bro it's like and then you learn how to buy the cars you know you know, you learn how to buy through a corporation you learn how to tax deduct it you learn all depreciation all these different things and then you find out once you start learning the money game 
how the wealthy buy the cars, and I put it in, in the business use, <clears throat> how that net payment is cheaper than what you're normally paying a, yeah. a Genesis brand I mean, new. That, just, that's the thing. If, job, if you yeah. own a business, you shouldn't own your own personal car. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's, uh, you know, legal, yeah. taxable ways to, to buy things. Personal credit, business credit, but the business credit is predicated upon your personal credit. Yeah. So it's, you got to. Yeah, if you got, you know, those 800 plus credit scores, you're, nobody's asking you anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like when I bought this property. I literally it took me three documents with the bank, and I'm like, I had to jump through leaps and bounds to have a personal mortgage. Yeah, and I'm like, they're just literally handing me this money. I'm like, okay, cool. You that's know? the coolest thing about having credit. You know, it's like yeah. that's the flex. It ain't, it ain't it ain't having bags. Yeah, it's like when I, when I you know if I finance a car, and it's like I'll go say hey, this is the car I want. Yeah, I won't even go down there. I won't even test drive it. You know, I'll, I'll call, I have a select few people that, that yeah. work at dealerships <laughs> and it's like, this is the car I want. You got it, right? If you don't got it, can you find it? If not, I'm going to go over here. Right. And literally it's like, all right, what do you want to pick it up? And it's right. like. Yeah, drive the white one and the black one to my house and I'll figure out which one I want from there. I'll cut you the check. I remember <laughs> I, I was sitting at my parents' house in, in San Antonio and they, they've got this, uh, it's Ford SUV and uh, it's got like 12,000 miles on it. It's five years old. She's like, I think I want a new car. I'm like, well, what do you want? I want the same car. I'm like, really? The same one because they changed the body style and you put 12,000 miles on this? And I'm like, okay. So, so I texted my guy. <laughs> and it's funny because my guy is the same guy that Shaq buys from a great Von Ford. And uh, so I texted him. I was like, hey, you got this? He's like, yeah, I've got this fully loaded one. I was like, dude, these, they don't need a fully loaded one. Yeah. I was like, but this one's paid for. What can you do? And he's like, and do this, this, and this. He's like, but I'll deliver it. I was yeah. like, well, I expected nothing less. You know, yeah. I'm like, so he's like, I'm going to drive five hours to drive you out of this car, yeah. you know. And, uh, but that's, that, it truly is the flex. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, uh, recently I just bought my, uh, so I, I vowed to never buy my kids' cars. Okay. okay. It, was, it was, they, they grew up, it's always been spin half, save half. Their entire great, life. Great, great Since habit. they can actually Good understand job. anything. Yeah. Spin half, save half. And uh, they did good. I mean, by the time they were, you know, 14, 15 years old, they all had a couple thousand saved up. Nice. And I'm like, that's pretty darn good mm -hmm. because we didn't give allowances. So this nice. is like birthday money. Yeah. You know, every now and then they did a side well, hustle. Why didn't you give allowances? I got my answer. Why didn't you give allowances? So I, I didn't do allowances because I don't, I don't think you should have to pay your kids to help. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I brought you in this world, buddy. <laughs> I need help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You helped make this mess. Actually, yeah. I don't even think I helped you make the mess, but yeah. you, we're going to do this together. Yeah. And um, and that's why I always, I always joke with my wife. So, you know, I got four because there's that much more stuff to do. Yeah. So I was like, if we need, if we get any more, you know, stuff, we need another kid. Yeah. But all jokes aside, I think that they need to learn the fundamentals of hard work. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to circle back on that one. Mm -hmm. um, so my wife... She's like, we were gonna, we were gonna give my son a Hyundai Tucson, and because she, she already had it. It was her commuter car when she was a nurse, and uh, it was cool because little, little tiny SUV crossover had a little turbo in it, and it was a cool car. And um, but it had like turbo lag, and I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's like she's like, I don't think it's safe to pull into traffic with that. I was like, okay, so we're gonna, we're really gonna do this. We're gonna buy our oldest son a car. I was like, okay, he had no care in the world like what kind of car, right? You know, which is okay because I I was really bad. Like I didn't want to buy a new car. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get mad because I'm like, if he saved two grand, I'm gonna match that, and he's gonna have four grand for a car. You know, mm -hmm. get a shitbox. My car first car was six hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and it was my favorite yeah. car ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like 
the 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 world, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but because I can, I was like, you know what? Let's go buy a brand new car. So we went down to the and bought a brand new Honda Accord. And I, I want to say it was like thirty thousand out the door cash. And but we told our son when we gave it to him, we said you're going to pay half of this. So when he turned eighteen, now he pays me two hundred dollars a month until that car's paid off for his half. Nice. And and but like when that happened too, it's like his insurance bill. So he moved, he moved out the day after graduation with his girlfriend, right? Uh-huh. He pays me $500 a month now between cell phone, insurance, car and car payment. Yeah. And he's like, dude, I don't know if I can afford this because he's trying to pay his, because I don't pay for college either. Yeah. So I'm like, so yeah. he's paying for college. And, and so I did give him a job here. You know, he's not making a ton of money. He's making more than he was making at the Kroger. Sure. But it's like, I gave him the option to where he's selling commercials so he can make commissions. That nice. way he has a nice base. Yeah. But if he wants to be a six figure guy, he like better sell that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But he's he's going to UTD with a scholarship. So he's got a little bit better. But it's like he needs to pay. Yeah. You know, I'm not paying because yeah. so many parents right now are paying for their kids to live. Yeah. And there's no limit. Yeah. It doesn't stop. Yeah. I know people right now that kids are 35 years old and still mom and dad are still paying yeah. for their house bill. And they have kids. And they have and my kids. Grandma, they're still taking their grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I didn't do allowances. I couldn't. And, um, but what I was getting at is, so the flex, right, is to be able to do things, yeah. right? So, so my second kid, you know, of course, wanted a Mustang, so he got a Mustang, right? I made him get the V6, you know, nice. he was not getting the five liter GT, even though he still did 130 miles an hour. And so I had to like, literally, there's a thing called my Ford key. And you can set a max speed limit. Wow. So I had to put the 16-year-old with the max speed so limit. So it's like an internal governor in there. Huh? So it's yeah. like, you know, you have two different keys, and one key is set up to where you limit that damn car. Wow. So he can't, he can't go over 75. Maybe. So that's his fault. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he's, you know, and then it's like, it's funny when he hits a certain, like, I think it's 60 miles an hour or something, it's like, it starts dinging yeah. to re- remind him of the speed. That's great. It's good. He hates it. <laughs> And so, uh, but, you, you got to earn your speed. <laughs> exactly. So, but then my, mo- my, my third is his time for a car. Right. So that's where I was going with this is that the, the flex of like, he has this, the car he wanted is a, a Nissan 370Z Nismo. Right. And it's like, they stopped making this car in 2020 and it had to be white, you know, and, and, and it sounds spoiled. Right. But it's like, we don't want to have a black car at, you know, we want to have, kind of have the white one. It's like, he wanted a manual, this and that, and he doesn't know he's got it, right? I literally just ordered it, like, paid, got it from the dealer. It's like going to get on, on a shipment on Friday. You don't listen, he doesn't listen to podcasts. No, nah, he don't listen. <laughs> okay, nah, he's, okay, good. So I, otherwise, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing it. But, but it's funny because that right there was like a humbling moment for me because I found this damn car after months of searching, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's only got 3,200 miles on it. And so what we're going to do is there's a big car show at uh, Nebraska Furniture. Okay, and, in, uh, in a colony? Yeah, so it's the, like the first Saturday of every month, so it's a real big one, right? You'll cool. see yeah. the nicest shit and yeah. then some of the, the stuff that shouldn't be there, but it's there. Nice, okay. So I'm going to have somebody put it in the car show, and that's how he's going to get it. Cool. So we're going to take one of our old trucks, yeah, go surprising. to the car show, and then it's be like... You like that? Yeah. It's yours. So exactly. Cool. That's, that's <laughs> so it's... But it's like, you're going to pay me for that damn car. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's that's the fundamentals we need to you know instill in our kids. Yeah. It's like, okay, I did find you your dream car. Yep. You're going to pay me half of what I paid. Yep. And it's part of the hardest thing for a parent to do is to watch your kid struggle and have a hard time. But it's exactly what they need to be able to be effective citizens in this world. So the reason why I didn't pay my kids allowances is because I didn't want them used to entitlements. Like you just get paid for doing nothing. 
Right. So, so there is no allowances. And I don't care what other parents do. It's up to them. But the way, the way I'm raising you here, and they, I got a lot of flack from it. And, you know, my kids went to, you know, nice to do high school in Chicago. All the kids would get brand new cars. My kids would still be walking, walking to school. Yeah. I told them your grades are your currency. If you got good grades, you can always ask me for anything. You read books, you give me a, you give me a verbal presentation, you give me a report of the books I ask you to read, you're going to have some extra credit for me. You know, if you do this, there's no payment. But if you go up and beyond, a little bit of commission, right? Yeah. If you go up and beyond, I'm, I'm going to help you out. But if you, don't, if you just do the bare minimum, there's nothing. Don't expect anything. Oh, exactly. So what do they do? They do the bare minimum. Okay. Yeah. That's why. But it was on them, though. Right. It was on them to do. So therefore, you know, my, my daughter one time, you know, especially for a daughter, Poppy, I'm having a hard time paying my rent because my friends that I decided to room with, they're not paying their rent. I said, I told you before you decided to have some roommates, are you willing to pay their rent <laughs> if they don't pay your rent to be watching for it? I know, but I, I just trust it. Well, guess what you got to do there? You decided to say yes, as hard as it was for me. Right. And they say, you know, last minute, yep, you found some extra money. Uh-huh, interesting. If I didn't get her to stretch that a little bit extra. Oh, yeah. It's, it's you know, that, that it's, um, but I mean, think about when you couldn't pay something. I mean, in the military, you weren't making a lot of money. No, for sure. You know what yeah. I mean? And then you get child support and all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like. I had to donate blood. You know? <laughs> I mean, Make them extra twenty bucks. Plasma, forty, sixty. Yeah, but I mean that—that's yeah. the only reason I know what a you know a testicle costs because I'm like you know what just in case mm-hmm. I'll, I'll set out to sell one of those. <laughs> you know, but that's what you have to do yeah. to survive. Because last thing I wanted to ever do, and I heard it way too many times, like how the hell are we gonna pay that? And I hated that, and that was my motivation. I did not. So yeah. that's literally what this is about now. Yeah. Like I'm content. You know, do I want to get to a different status like your status or even better? Like. Sure, but I want to do it the right way. Sure, you know I don't I don't want to lose sight of everything that I'm starting to work mm-hmm. on now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, but yeah, the kids is, you know, they they go to they go to uh, schools and prosper, right? Nice. And uh, I just love that name. And they go, you know, it's, it's like they've got a lot of friends, you know, yeah. and their parents either have my money or a lot more money. Yeah. You know, a lot of them have a lot more money. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, there's there's a kid with an R8 there. You know, there's. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care how much money I have. My kid is not driving already. No, it's not a super car You know what I mean? Man. Like, I'm like, I had a shitbox Honda, and my kid drives an Accord, so I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it's like, but even when they, you know, my my 17 year old, he likes the nicest shit. Okay, and and I'm not I'm not one who has to have like fancy fancy yeah. clothes. Yeah. Watches, it's a yeah. different story. Okay. <laughs> Get your thing. Watches is that's, that's my kryptonite, right? My watch is like cars for you, so it's like you know. I mean, I have put your, put your give me your top three watch brands. Oh, dude, that's, you're, 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 you're boss. I, I'm gonna watch say, brands. I'm gonna say, you know, you, oh, let's go. I, I'm gonna I'm stick with, with Rolex at the top strictly because it's classy, right? It's, it's, it's yeah. classy, you can wear it with anything, yeah, okay. I, and I'm not afraid to go on a construction site wearing Rolex. I don't care, right? I usually just put on the iPhone watches because I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to look a certain way. Sure. And so after that, I'm going to go with the Hublot. You know, I think Hublots are, are yeah. very nicely built. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, it's, dude, it's the coolest watch, in my opinion, is is the watch Richard Milley Mill. Yeah. They, they made uh, called the Dizzy Hand. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but what happens is when the time is, is going and it's ticking, the dial is also going the opposite direction with the numbers on it. Wow. And it's the craziest thing ever. Yeah. And uh, that, that's that got to be like my... That's it. That's mine. You know, but I mean, I've got several tag watches, right? You know, yeah. that's, you know those are five to ten grand. Yeah. But it's like 
when I hit a certain milestone, you said that, like, you said that way too lightly. Five, <laughs> ten. I'm wearing a tag. I'm wearing a tag right now. Is that Monaco? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's yeah. that's a, but like they're affordable. Yeah. They're five to ten. Grand. Daily, your daily banger. I'm gonna say that I say they're affordable, but my wife she tripped out when I bought the last one. It was like sixty five hundred bucks. She's like, "You spent how much?" Right. I'm like, "Well, how much do we spend on our closet?" Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I'm just talking about like the shelving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I put a Hyundai in my closet, just in custom closet shelves, and I'm like, you know, yeah. nobody wants to spend money like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, it's like I, I live in a very modest house. Yeah, and it's it's dude, we bought this house for like I don't know, ten years ago for like two hundred thousands worth like eight fifty. You know, we put, you know, it's Highland Park on the inside because it looks nice. We like yeah. it nice, but it's like, humbly, I don't want to go live in a massive, massive house and pay $300,000 a year in taxes, you know, property taxes mm -hmm. for me, you know, because I know that 300 I can use on something else, you know, because I'm still young enough into my, um, into my entrepreneurship mm -hmm. that I still need to make my money work for me. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So always got to do that, and that's that's where you know that's where we are. You know, on our on the select few is we want to try to grab the targeted audience when mm -hmm. they're when they're 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 down. You know, they feel mm -hmm. like they're stuck here. Mm -hmm. um, we want to help them grow. You know, to yeah. the point where it's like they're you know like your guy over here, where mm -hmm. it's like they have that next hustle to go to the next level. Yeah. And and that takes me on to uh, insurance, life insurance. So mm -hmm. so after the military, that's that's where it was. Yes, that was my transition. So, like, yeah. how, do, how do you go to life insurance? There, it's like never a thought in my brain, bro. It's like, um, of all places right there in Lake Forest, California, here I am looking at the Best Buy, you know, store for the best scanner because <laughs> my son was just born and I went to Walgreens to develop the film. I remember those days. <laughs> Express. We, we put them in a sandwich bag so that way they didn't get exposed to like heat or right. you know, moisture or something. You know? So in the time I was processing my film at Walgreens, I'd run down to the Best Buy, buy a scanner. So by the time I got done processing, I could go home and scan a photo instead of mailing it three, four, five days so my mother back in Chicago can see what her grandson looks like. Yeah. So in that process, then I bumped into a recruiter at the Best Buy. And yeah. he literally prospected me, hit me up, started a conversation with me in the bathroom of a Best Buy. Okay. Like, like bold. This, like, is, this is an insurance guy. Yeah, as an insurance guy. That makes total sense. <laughs> you know, because insurance guys are kind of like you car salesmen. You know what I mean? Some of them, right? Yeah, Some yeah, of yeah. them are like, they really want to be in front of you. Oh, you sure. I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, like mm -hmm. hardcore salesmen. Mm -hmm. Like, I've always been that guy that doesn't sell you. I, I become friends. This guy wasn't trying to sell me. He's, he was, uh, hey, he goes, he goes, hey, um, so what are you doing after the Marine Corps? So I'm going to do my 20. You didn't realize that in the back of my head, this is how men BS each other. In the back of my head, I just went through a career uh, meeting with our career plan in the Marine Corps. He says, Sapala, you're part of a special operations unit. We can send you out this week. But the problem we have with you is you've got kids. We can't worry about you having the need for babysitter. You know, you're part of, you got, you're attached to this unit. You got to go. We can't, so either you laterally move to a different job in the Marine Corps, push paper, or you got to get out. But one of those are your options because you got one year left. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to get out. I don't know what to do yet. Maybe I go get my airframes and power plane slices because I was a helicopter guy. Okay. Maybe I become a cop LAPD because we were training reservists LAPD. And so I didn't know. And then when this guy says, hey, what are you going to do with your career? I said, I'm going to do my 20. Even though last week the guy's telling me to get out right. or let I move. I'm BSing him. Yeah. Right? And he says, well, 
well, you like money? I'm like, yeah. You like a lot of money? Absolutely. So what do you know about the money? What about the no, what do you know about the money game? You know the rules? Um, I, well, I'm in the Marine Corps. No, no, no. I'm not talking about a job. How does money work for you? Tell me how money works for you. Good question. I don't know. So if I could show you the rules of the money game, get a foot in the door for you to come to our firm in Anaheim, would you take it seriously? I said, I absolutely would. And I said, you got a card? All I saw was stock market. All I saw was wealth. Was this is like a wolf of the Wall Street moment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he, but he didn't Glad look money. you show me your money. paycheck out yeah. there right now. <laughs> he, but he didn't look money, though. I mean, he just, he was an, he's a retired master sergeant yeah. that was willing to get, you know, how do most people get a job? Hey, bro, you got a job? Hook me up. Give me an app. Give me right. a job. That's the way I kind yeah, of exactly. And so I went to the office, and all I saw, bro, I mean, this is pre-Christ. He, I just saw a room full of women, bro. <laughs> Here I am in the Marine Corps, just went through the divorce. Like, oh my gosh, dog targets have appeared. <laughs> Forgive me, okay? So uh, that's why my son, he was in his 20s, like, dude, I know exactly how you're thinking. I know exactly how you're thinking. Don't think I'm too far away from that thought. Anyway, make a long story short, when I finally got my shit together and, uh, and uh, I made my first check, got licensed, took me six months to get licensed because it was a long licensing process. I had to take a Series 6, 63 life and health license. These days, you don't have to be that sophisticated, but I remember getting my first check, and it was $425, which was half of my military paycheck. I'd make $850 every two weeks, and I got paid half of that in an hour. And I was like, man, it seemed like a lot of money to everybody listened to this, but that was half of what I'd made in the military, put my life on the line, right. special operations unit. I'm like, if I can find 10 of these, I can make, you know, six figures. What? That's yeah. within inside my realm. Yeah. But I'm in control. Remember I was telling you earlier about me getting meritoriously promoted. So that muscle kicked in. That thought process kicked in. I'm like, okay, I have a transition career. So Paul, you can go to college, GI Bill, blah, blah. No, bro. I should, I should find out how to make 400 bucks in an hour legally. <laughs> right. No, keep your college. I don't you know. Yeah. And that's a hope. Here, I, I know uncertainty. <laughs> yeah. But I can bet on me, though. Yeah, because you're putting, you know, four-year degree and, you know, you're working, you know, mm -hmm. part-time jobs trying to stay up. But, you yeah. know, in some cases, it, and, and it's, that's where a lot of people, you know, it's, I think we're, we're kind of moving away from that, too. Like, you know, you have to go do four years. You got to yeah. do eight yeah. years. You got to be this because. Biggest scam. It's the biggest scam in the world. It is. And it's, you yeah. know, they've made it so, like, unaffordable. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like, let's get, you know, $150,000 in debt for $45,000. It's unaffordable because the reward for getting a degree doesn't pay you enough for the cost of actually going to school. Right. So if you're spending hundred grand to get a $50,000 year job. It doesn't comprehend. Zero. Yeah, the return on investment is crap. Yeah. I get if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a high-paid high profession. Yeah. But if you want to get a, you know, gender studies degree. <laughs> right. You want to get a, you know, a sociology degree. You know, well, I exactly. Mean, I mean, that's... What's liberal arts, all that, all that stuff. But, yeah. but nobody sits down and explains that. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, you can't afford to, you know, work full-time, so you're going to spend this much a year, this much a semester, you know, to go to school, and your job's going to top you out at 50 after 20 years of business. And we're just talking about the logical aspect of college. What about the impact of the environment our kids today are in public and even some private schools. What do they learn about, we talked about earlier, what do they learn about America? Or, what do they learn about capitalism? What do they learn about communism? What do they learn about government? What do they learn about depending on somebody else versus creating your own enterprise? Well, and, that, and they're, they're, they're actually erasing history. Yeah. You know, and that's, I've, I'll ask some of my kids questions here and there, and, you know, I was not a school kid. So, so my wife, she'll step in because she's very educated. And she'll be like, did you learn this, this, and this? And they're like, 
no. I'm like, shit, I remember that. Yeah. And I skipped yeah. a lot of school. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're, but then the other thing too is these teachers are starting to put their viewpoints yeah. into their curriculum. Mm-hmm. And so it's their like, po- their politics. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, it's like when Bernie Sanders running for, for president and, uh, my kids are like, yeah, free college is going to be great. And exactly. I'm like, I'm like. Sounds great, though. I'm like, that's awesome. It's like, <laughs> so who's paying for that? Exactly. It's like, it's free. I'm like, nothing is free <laughs> at all. Nothing. I was like, you're going to pay for that when other people are getting it for free. Yeah. I was like, you might actually go for free. But I said, it's like free healthcare. It's not free. You go to, you go to another country, right? Their healthcare system has been set up for, for generations. Yeah. So it works for them. Mm-hmm. But they're also used to paying, you know, 42 to 45 percent of their income yeah. in a tax. And then they still have to wait, you know, seven hours for a doctor. Mm-hmm. It's like the DMV. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, now you got to make an appointment after mm-hmm. COVID. I don't know how that happens. It's like the VA. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, and then you 25. Get, right. And shit service. So it's like, <laughs> you know, the, the whole system, it's yeah. like it's all it's just so. I, I don't even have the right word. It, exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's why we yeah. homeschool. Uh, we decided to homeschool that's about smart. three years ago. Yeah, it's smart. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you know, and you figure eight to nine hours a day, your child will be around people that will help shape who they are. Exactly. You you literally like learn your worst habits if you remember in school. For like sure. Insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, extra activities. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, you can take these kids. I mean, there's a lot of homeschool communities where for two, a couple hours a day, three hours a day, we'll have you know a group, you know, like maybe field trip or get together, but you go back home again. Homeschooled. Exactly. So at least they can get socialized. Yeah. And at 3 o'clock, they go to the local school competing sports. Exactly. And, and I've spoken to some, um, you know, educators, and they told me, like, the eight-hour day is all fluff, you know, to, to pay the teachers. Sure. Like, who can really go to school for eight hours and learn five subjects a day and really remember all that in a day? We do, we're, we do financial workshops twice a week. I ask this question all the time. Who here trusts the public school system? Not one hand goes up. Everybody's shaking their heads. Right. And then I ask why. That's it. Indoctrination, my kids being exposed to DEI, CEI. We're just in the Bahamas, and this kid was uh, recording us. We're doing this workout with, you know, just throwing a medicine ball. And we, anyway, we asked him. He's 17 years old, goes to Glendale. He's Armenian, right? He's in Glendale in California. I said, well, So what's it like being in high school today? He says, Bro, you don't understand this, man. We have a book in our high school right now that everybody's laughing about that it's okay to love your best friend. And here's three steps to give him a blowjob. Oh, wow. Jesus. In public school. Yeah. His niece, his, his niece, right? Six years old, she comes to that, back to the house. She goes, Mommy, Daddy, um, is it okay if I'm gay? Six years old. Isn't thinking about sex. And then she's thinking about her gender. Yeah. Like, when you, like whose it's business really is it? For the, to, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm having a hard enough time with A, B, C, D, E, let alone X, Y, and X, X. Yeah. Freaking out oh, it, that type it, of stuff. It even gets worse than that because like even, and it's like, so we have, you know, these kids go to prosperous schools. And, and I mean that, to people that don't know what prosperous schools is, it's, it's just, it's a really good school district yeah. with, you know, kids of different income bases, but there's a lot of. A lot of faith, know, faith-based lot, folks yes. in North, North Dallas. Right. Yeah. But it's like, so they, and I can't remember the name right now, but it, there's these, these, these kids that want to dress up with like cat ears and cattails and stuff like that. And I, I shit you not, you have, the teacher has to affirm them. Yes. (laughs) And I forgot what they call it, but I'm like, did I just hear that correctly? Like, (laughs) so if you identify as a cat, right. In this school or any school of that, I'm like, 
you're human. Yeah, right? that's right. I'm like, so why do you have to acknowledge that? But that's how it is, too. Right. It's like, even in, in that I identify school, as a billionaire, man. <laughs> it doesn't mean yeah, I am. It's like, I mean, but exactly. I still got my genesis. But, <laughs> you know, people are, you know, what is, when, when is my uh, life going to change? When is this boss going to pay me more money? They won't pay you more money. And here's the thing. I think the Fed Reserve uh, met this afternoon at the recording of this podcast, and they're raising the rates again another uh, 25 basis points. Oh, great. So, right? So we had we had a pause last uh, last time the Fed met. They raised it again today yeah. because they're trying to fight this thing, you know, this inflation thing from, from going. But here's a challenge, though. Even if inflation goes down, business has been conditioned to charge the customers this. Right? right, and their, their profits has been thin. Yeah, if internal costs go down by a little bit, are these businesses really gonna no. lower their prices? McDonald's gonna lower their prices. The restaurants gonna really lower their prices. I, I think they're gonna keep here because now what's the next move? Everybody wants to get paid more money. Yeah. So where does that come from? Well, that's what happened after COVID. It's like if you couldn't find people to work first off, because yeah. somehow COVID killed off you know a hundred million people. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's no employees, right? So it's like, when you start getting them, you're picking like the people you wouldn't typically hire. And then you're having to deal with that much more bullshit from that person, right? In our industry, you know, and I say that more like construction industry, right? Mm -hmm. Not like, we're not all commission based. Well, look at, look at restaurant uh, servers and bartenders. Yeah. And everybody wants to go eat. Yeah. But they're like, man, we just stay home. We just click this unemployment check, stimulus check. Yeah. I don't have to pay mortgage yeah, mor moratorium three for a solid years of government assistance. Like you can make more at home. I mean, I, I kid you not. I had a sales guy, a commercial estimator and uh, an office uh, secretary quit during COVID and we were deemed essential. Yeah. So we never shut down. Yeah. And yeah. we were actually busier than we've ever been in our entire sure. life through COVID. Sure. And it's like they quit to go ride the system. And then I get these letters in the mail. It's like, yeah, they, they applying for funding. I'm yeah. like, uh, we were deemed essential. Yeah. So fortunately they got denied, but I'm like, that was the, the ideal, right? That's yeah. the, the ideology of like, I want free money. Mm -hmm. You know, I want free college. I want free, 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 free. Yep. And, and that's what we got to get away from. Yep. And it's, you yep. know, so I think we're, you know, it, it's kind of weird because I look at different things. Like I look at you, me, um, everybody that's in the entrepreneur field or just wanting to, you know, make $200,000 a year because it used to be making a hundred now it's making 200. Mm -hmm. Um, they have the drive, but is that going to continue on through the lineage? Like, but where are we going with this? Yeah. Like, are we, there's, I feel like the hustle is dying. It, it is. It is. And, and the reality, though, is if you really want that life, if you really want options and choice, you got to go back to hustle. And, I mean, as much as the government's going to try to give you, as much as you're trying to give you, it's still not going to be enough money for you to you know, fly to Dubai and enjoy right. Dubai, you know, because the Dubai is going to hand your ass. You, you know how much yeah, yeah. you got to spend out there. <laughs> and, and these and these folks that, you know, seeing stuff on the internet and traveling on Instagram and, you know, they cost money to travel. Right. And so it's not it's not cheap to travel. I mean, we're, we're taking our guys to Las Vegas here in the next couple of weeks and we asked them, and this is a business conference, we're asking them in the budget, you know, $1,500 to $2,000 for airfare, hotel, and food for three days while you're out there. And that's for a business conference. Yeah. They're not taking out the family, they're not taking the kids. You know, if you talk talking about a family and kids, and you know, it's easy five, six thousand dollars. There was a TikTok Quick. video of a grandpa. They were at Disneyland. He paid for the kids, paid for you know everything. He gets the bill. They're having lunch, dinner, whatever. He gets the bill. He's like, he takes off his goes, What? What is this? He looks at the bill, six thousand dollars for dinner. Yeah. The guy's crying. I'm like, what what how am I paying six thousand dollars for damn dinner? What happened? And hey, Disney. You guys are starting to lose your brand, all the stuff that you are putting out there, and now you're sticking the customers, 
people, the family that loves to go, go see Disney. A lot of people aren't loving to go see Disney. And, and you see what's going on with their company. They're laying off 7,000 employees. They're divesting themselves of certain assets, firing 20 of the top ESPN show hosts. They're selling portions of ESPN. So they're, 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 they're backing off making movies for a minute because the last eight movies they have is all at a loss because they're trying to fit this woke agenda. I mean, who feels comfortable right now taking the kids to watch a Disney movie? Right. No, I mean, that, that's, that's true. I mean, no, somebody, I feel like people should look at Bud Light and paid attention. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, when you start losing $22 billion valuation, like, you know, in a month. like Target happened to Target. Yeah, then Target. Yeah. I mean, hell, Target was, like, up to, like, 11 or $12 billion. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think they had a better standpoint, but. Um, and Sound of Freedom, $125 million right now. Uh, dude, that's killer, right? You know, people it's have like. Spoken. Did you, did you see all those things, like, where the, the AC wasn't working in that mm-hmm. particular theater and all yeah, that? Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, like, fire like, alarms being pulled. You know, I mean, it's like even like when Easter, you know, some of those, uh, the biblical movies dropped. It's like, you yeah. know, those didn't even do that. But like Angel Studios, man, for them to step up yeah. and drop that movie. Yeah, on 4th of July. Yeah, I'm like, all right, now we're talking, right? Yeah, like, sure. That's good. But, but that's the thing, too. So that's where, you know, God's under attack. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's literally a battle of good and evil. And so how's the best way to do that? Manipulate the children. Yeah. You know, manipulate the people, sure. give, give things for free, give people, you know, all of this assistance where they have to rely on somebody else. And, and that's what that's what my job is as a human is to to reach out, help, you know, you know, mediate, not mediate, but uh, like help each person individually, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like what you're doing. And you're doing on a grand scale. And I hope one day that I'll also get to that direction. But I want to help people from the ground up for sure. I want to keep yeah. them out of worrying about. A handout, mm-hmm. you know. So here's your, here's my hand helping yeah. you. So yeah. you don't need a handout. Yeah, hand up. And exactly, um, that's that's the goal. And we need more people like that. Yeah. And it's it's you know so. So I'm I'm kind of flip the script a little bit since we're talking about family. So I got a question for you. For sure. So you're, you're on this heavy this heavy grind, and you have you have children, correct? Uh huh. I have uh, three older kids. Which I'm very proud of them because speaking of this COVID stuff, none of them took the unemployment check. They kept working. Now I sat down with them. Give me, give me some reasons why you decided not to take the you know, right. COVID check, stimulus check. Exactly. Yeah. You didn't take when that did you... and flip it into a business? No, they did. They, <laughs> yeah, my, 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 yeah, they started businesses. That's what they did. I mean, but without government money, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that wasn't yeah, really enough to boom. But you, how did you figure out work-life balance? I learned that that's a big fallacy. Right. Who, who promotes work-life balance? I mean, back in you go to college, is that work-life balance? Right. Because you're like, on it's campus. Actually a double question for you, so you're actually almost answering it. The second question uh, is that I right? for you, but yeah, keep yeah. Going, I sorry. mean, it's work-life for me. It's work-life integration. Can my kids come integrate in, with my business? My my, right. my son, my kids are around me talking. I mean, that's the biggest thing I do, right? Talk to people. So my kids are just catching this language. My, all my kids, they all know sales, not because I taught them sales, because they saw daddy do it. Right. My 12-year-old right now is a very good negotiator because, you know, we start his, his mother, my mother, a uh, uh, very good negotiator. My mother negotiates all the house contracts at the house, and my wife negotiates all the invent contracts we do. But so my 12-year-old at the time, he's learned this since he was six, seven, eight years old. He's hearing all these negotiations back and forth. And what does he do, know how to do now? He knows how to negotiate. Hey, let me get some more iPad time. Let me get some more you know, video game time. What, what are you going to do? Well, don't you want to spend more time with me? So he's, he's creating his uh, argument, right? He's dude, creating his argument. My oldest used Thanks. to bring out Kid Logic all the time, and I'm like, damn, you're really good. Yeah. You know, I'm like, 
I hate logic. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's like you, you know it's like when you try to discipline them and it's like they legitimately explain their way out of it. I'm like, damn, damn. I didn't even think yeah. about that. But it's, that's a good skill because they, they yeah. know how to explain themselves. And and you know when I was growing up, you know Filipino household, oh you don't you don't speak unless you're spoken to, and if we're speaking to you, we're usually yelling at you. It's not like how do I contribute to the family? How to contribute to the conversations? Not, you know, uh, you know, is it uh, Charlie Munger, uh, which is uh, Warren Buffett's uh, partner, and they were having a conversation with his kids. What, what did what did uh, what, uh, what did your dad do over dinner? And every dinner time, he talked to them about what somebody did to lose all their money, to live in failure, to not have things go their way, and they discuss those case studies over dinner. So when the kids got older, they learned, they remember those case studies because they were, right? So, so daddy integrated them into the business. So, you know, work-life balance, I tell the kids, listen, when we're going to work, we're going to work really hard. But when it's time to play, you're going to love the results. Right. So the kids are learning delayed gratification. Right. So my son, you know, we at eight, nine years old, we recorded a video. We're in Hawaii. I was recording him. I said, hey, 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 Jojo, do you regret mommy and daddy being away? From the, at, you know, from the house at the office all the time. He goes, oh, no, not at all. I know you have to, have to work. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. Yeah. So there's a payoff. And you have to have a payoff. Because if you don't have a payoff, your kid's going to look at somebody else like, okay, well, hard work doesn't pay off. Right. And they're going to look at other heroes in their life outside of the house that will make a more of an impression. I'd rather have mom and dad be that impression. Mom and dad need to be the heroes. Because right. you can't ask your kids to get, grade, and get good grades if you're not doing anything yourself as mom and dad. Right. Do you, do you feel like you always had that, that outlook, that mindset like that? Cause like I dealt with a lot of dad guilt, you know what I'm saying? Cause mm -hmm. I've always yeah, sure. worked, I'm, you know, I'm not a serial entrepreneur. I just kind of, yeah. I picked one thing and got really good at it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, it's, but I lost a lot of time. Right. Yeah. And I, like I told you earlier on, it's like, I realized that as one started graduating and they got older and older. Yeah. And it's like, I could never, I knew I couldn't be home. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like I told my wife, I'm like, I really made the ultimate sacrifice here sure. to to make sure that we're good. Yeah. You know, and it's like, she doesn't have the same like outlook on money and, and stuff like mm -hmm. that as I do. You know, me, it wasn't so much about being wealthy. It was about not leaving a bank account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, knowing that that bill could be on auto pay, no matter sure. what the bill is, mm -hmm. like, it's on auto pay, right? And it's like, I know it's going to be good. Right. You know, that was my objective, you know, because the last thing you want to do is go home and argue about money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like yeah. money, sex, you know, those are like the sure. main things in marriages, right? Yeah. And so it's like I can control one of those. <laughs> so it's like I'm going, you know, to control the money. Yeah. And so I'm working, right? And so it wasn't until now, like this time in my life, the last year, that I'm like, damn, I really did lose a lot of time. So, like, did you have that moment? For maybe a very brief moment. Because the way I justified it was this vision of, every great generation will have its big decision to make to improve that bloodline. So the question I got to ask myself is what, what life am I signing up for? And I was a single dad. I had, I had before I had, I was a single dad for 14 years before I got married to my now wife and we are, we're a blended family. But for 14 years, I had called, I just told the kids, listen kids, I got to be doing this, because I want you to do this. I want you to have access to this. I want you to enjoy this. My daughter still to this day remember the time that go with them on the school field trip, and I'm with them. Yeah. They remember that. The girls, you were eight years old, nine, seven years old. Nine, you, you still remember? Oh, that was the best times. We tell all our friends, our dad is coming with us. So the times where, you know, I don't have to be at work, I'll go with them on a the field trip. I'll yeah. go with them, right? Those special moments. 
You know, it's not what you leave to them, it's what you leave in them. Sure. And what I'm leaving in them is that gift. What I'm leaving in them is, is my, my dedication to family and also the resource necessary for them. Because if we were a wealthy family, of course, we could spend a lot more time with you. But guess what? We, you weren't birthed with a wealthy dad or right. grandma or grandpa. Right. So I justified it by saying, hey, babe, what life did I sign up for? Because if that's the life we sign up for, this is the price we got to pay. Right. There's a price for success, but there's also cost to quitting. Sure. And I'd rather pay the price for success. That was actually something right. Friday and I were talking about the other day. You know, he's like, man, if I had, you know, X amount of money in the bank, like, I'd be cool. I would just buy a house and I would just chill. And I was like, dude, I don't think that's, you can do that. Yeah. And from like, a biblical standpoint, it's not, that's not what God wants you to do. Yeah. You got to keep moving. I mean, mm -mm. you know, the, and where he's came in my life lately, he's like, you need to push a message. You need to go out there and minister to yeah. as many people as you minister. Exactly. And, and so that's how this started. Yeah. And so I, I can't sit, I can't chill. You know, mm -hmm. it's like my wife's now, you know, through the same thing because she, her, her faith like developed just as fast as mine, like instant, yeah, right? Yeah, God yeah. came in like, hey, I'm here, buddy. Amen. Right? <laughs> and so like she's talking about doing, you know, a podcast talking about where, you know, when God came into people's lives. It's great. Right? Going into that, that deeper yeah. thing because a lot of people don't even talk about like that faith part. Like when did your life get faithful, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was not, you know, like I believed in, in mm -hmm. God, right? But I wasn't in church. I wasn't reading mm -hmm. the Bible. Like I can't yeah. even listen to scripture. You know, and then yeah. like this whole year, it's like, bam, 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 bam. Still haven't really read a lot of it, but somehow, yeah. the, you know, God's putting that, you know, that knowledge and wisdom uh -huh. in me. And it's like, yeah. I'm scripture and people. I'm like, hey, do, do, do. And it's, it's cool, right? I, I just tell all these entrepreneurs, listen, I don't want to throw Jesus down your throat. I don't want to throw any religion down your throat, but you want to be wealthy, right? You want to be prosperous, right? You want to be you know, creating generational wealth, right? You want to last for the test of time? Yes. Read Proverbs. Read about King, read about Proverbs because King Solomon wrote that, which is King David's son, who is the wisest and richest king who ever lived. Right. $2.1 trillion would be worth today. Right. The second one would be Mansa Musa, who'd be at 400 billion. And so I, we did a series in, in, our, in our YouTube channel. We did a series of a proverb a week, 31 weeks in a row. We're kicking off Ecclesiastes next week. Well, we just broke down a proverb from an entrepreneur's perspective. From a, from a father's perspective, how I should look at Proverbs. And, and what did King Solomon say throughout this whole thing? If, if there's anything you're going to get, get wisdom and understanding. What did King Solomon ask for when he took over at 20 years old? He was, God talked to him in his dream. What do you want? You want, you want wives? What you want, man? Right. You want more money, man? You want, you want, you want, you want you know, gold this? You want bigger armies? You want land? King Solomon, you know, right? He, yeah. he, he, asked, he asked for wisdom. Yeah. Right? And God's like, dude. Not only am I going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you everything else you didn't ask for. Right. And because God, because he honored God, God honored him. Sure. And for 40 years was a golden age for, for, for Israel until Solomon started dabbling with women in other countries and their, and their, and their gods. Yeah. And that's when God said, listen, bro. Oh, he checked him. <laughs> you know? he he the thing is, he checked him twice. Yeah. No. Twice, third time. Okay, fine. I'm taking this away from you. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> but, I'm, but I mean, that's, you know, but that can apply to real life too, right? Oh, for sure. You know, you can play some stupid games, Yeah. you know, yeah. There's, a, there's a great prize at the end of that. There's nothing wrong with making mistakes, just don't do it twice. Right. You know, learn yeah, from it, right? Exactly. And then sometimes it's like, like what I tell people, let, you know, I said the wheel's been invented and reinvented a million yeah. trillion times, right? Yeah. Start listening to people. That's right. Right. Why are you going to make the same mistake that guy over there made? Mm -hmm. You know, he's literally told you what not to do, Right. It's like, it's like the rich dad, poor dad, right? You read the book, most people are like, yeah, it's okay. You know, I, I worked for a company one time. They paid $150,000 for this team to come in and tell them what they're doing wrong. You know what they did? 
they literally changed absolutely nothing and fired the one guy who should have worked at that company, right? And he actually went on to go start his own company. I'm like, that's a good blessing, right? But I'm like, you spent all that money for consulting and you didn't change shit? Yeah. I'm like, okay. You ever see uh, that Steve Jobs clip of him talking to a room full of consultants? Mm-mm. Oh, you guys, should, you guys should look that up, right? He basically says, you guys are, oh, he goes, oh, wait a minute. This is a room full of consultants? He goes, I'll tell you about consultants. Why don't you guys go out and build something first and then you go back to consulting? <laughs> I, waste, I, don't, I, I don't waste any money on consulting because you guys think you know everything, but you never built anything. I mean, that's a, <laughs> damn. That, I mean, that makes total sense because, you know, the guy who started the consulting firm, he's, he's the entrepreneur, yeah. right? Yeah. He hired a whole bunch of people, you know? Because he's, he's trying to be in multiple yeah, places at the same exactly. time. Exactly, yeah. you know? But you're right. I mean, it's, that's, that's a damn good clip. We need Check that one Check out. Check that one out, yep. Remind me on that one. Yeah, so. like I said, the old UPS commercial, you got these two guys in this old Sage CEO. You need to do this, supply chain management, blah, blah, blah. The guy's like, okay, do it. Yeah. You're, oh, well, we don't, we don't do it. <laughs> we tell you what to do. No, you do it. If you think that's what we need to do, you want me to spend my money, go do it. Execute. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's, dude, we, we have so many different topics. Like, you know, it's like, like we, we, you know, that's the cool thing about not being scripted, right? Mm, it's yeah, like of course. We, Long form content. You know, man. I want general conversation. You know yeah. what I mean? So, dude, I really appreciate that. And, oh, uh, for sure. You know, and I know you've been, you've done a lot of interviews and your own type of stuff. And it's like, dude, I, I don't like scripted. Like, I like, let's just talk like men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's be yeah. us, right? Let's not sure. follow the grain. But I do want to talk about, you know, kind of like the journey, right? There's, it's too big. It's too mm-hmm. big of a journey to really go into in one podcast. But I'd like to kind of talk about the, the, the first part would be like, at what point did you realize you're in insurance, right? You got that, that $450 check. <laughs> Things are looking up. Yeah. Like, at what point did it, it start transpiring into your own insurance firm? When... I realized that after 12 years, if I didn't sell something, I'm still unemployed. I'm like, shit, right? What, what I got to do to make sure this continues? Because everybody else was getting paid. Landlord's getting paid. My marketing company's getting paid. Staff is getting paid. But I still have all this pressure that I got to find clientele, do these seminars, still find clientele if I'm paying. So in other words, I wanted to go to the right side of the quadrant, the cash flow quadrant. So I had to start creating a team. I start creating systems and processes. I had to be able to trust people to run that side of business, even though I could have done it better myself. But if I don't build up somebody, if I don't become a kingmaker or queenmaker, I'm going to be stuck in this quadrant for another 10, 12 years. So that's when I started recruiting, scaling, and building a team. Lost a couple of guys because I, I didn't know how to be a good boss. Sure. I didn't know how to teach and train. So I had to evolve. You know, we, we talk about the different evolutions of an entrepreneur. First one is a sales leader, right? You're kick and tail, right? You're a sales leader, then you're a sales manager, and then you're a business owner, and then you're a CEO. Just because you go to Vistaprint, start a company, put CEO in the title, right. doesn't mean you're a CEO. Yeah. So I had to evolve. How do I evolve my sales leadership into sales manager so I can delegate Right, effectively, and have run contests and get guys fired up and drive sales, drive competition, you know, have a leader's bulletin, and then start having somebody fill that role so I can be a business owner, so I can focus on the other, you know, other vision of the company. Yeah. And then I could be a little bit more visionary and from a CEO directive standpoint. But that's the evolution we all were going through, and that's the evolution I was going through. So I didn't know how to be a good CEO to myself because I didn't know how to be a good sales leader to sales manager to business owner. So that was my evolution. Sure. Yeah, it's actually a really hard transition. Yeah. You know, it's it's like... You ever read the book, The E-Myth? 
I have not. Michael Gerber. <laughs> so there's three guys that show up to the company every day, arguing with each other. Right, the entrepreneurs arguing with the manager, and the managers arguing with the with the uh, with the technician. I feel like this is my business. <laughs> <laughs> you so know what I mean? The technician's like, like, I got a great product. Like, we got a great niche, right? The manager's like, well, we don't have the deployment. We can't do that yet right now. Entrepreneurs like, I want to take over the world. The problem is, these three guys are the same person. <laughs> That's the E myth. That's me, isn't it? <laughs> right, Friday? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's- so that book showed, you know, how do I then create scale, how to create systems and processes and, and have a team. And so, 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 for example, last month, we just posted on Instagram last month, uh, Laquan was in that picture. We paid our guys, my top guys here, a little over $1.1 million in commissions last month. Nice. Right? That's big. That's, that's outside of me. So if you hang with me and you understand what we do, whether you're part-time, full-time, you hang with me, you'll, you'll make money. Uh, year to date, we've paid commissions uh, since January 1st. It's July, mid-July. Mid we paid over $9.4 million for the year. And that's 30% higher year over year when most industries are compressing, con, you know, contracting backwards. Our industry is going, it has got less to do with me, but more so by the excitement of the people that we're coaching, teaching, and yeah. mentoring. They're fired up. Dude, that, see, that, see, what's cool is like, so I can look at that from, from when I started the company. And it's like, you know, I started this business on, you know, not very much money, right? Sure. I just kind of had yeah. to go hustle, right? Yeah. And I can literally do, you know, $3 million without leaving my computer, without making a phone call, because all of my customers still call me back. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, but it takes four salespeople to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, it's frustrating, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, no matter how many incentives, it's like, there's some certain things that just don't change. Yeah. But what I was getting at is when I first started the company, it's like, oh man, I got to pay this commission, this. And it's like, not that they didn't earn it. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's a lot of money. Now I'm like, damn, you got a $6,000 commission? Sweet. Sure. You know, like if I see my payroll go from, you know, 30 grand a week to 50, yeah. I'm like, damn. You know, that sucks, you know, like on a financial cash flow standpoint, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like super proud, right? Yeah. And, and so, so it's humbling, right? So yeah. I know it's humbling when you see that. Yeah. You know, you're like, damn, that's a big check. But it's so humbling because yeah. if they're making money, you're making money. Well, think, about, think about what you're doing as an entrepreneur. You're blessing a family, man. Yeah. That father can take care of his wife, his kids, they're paying their rent, putting them in school, sitting there and feeding the family because you have the courage to go out there and start a business where you need assistance. Yeah. And that's where, you know, we're talking from a faith perspective. That's where the devil loves to play around in our heads, man. Right. To think that we're less adequate, that we're not good enough. Oh, yeah, spiritual you warfare. 90% you know, of all business owners right. fail and succeed. You know, they don't succeed. It's a disaster if you go into business for yourself. Yeah, when I had two years, it was like, shout out. I made it. <laughs> Come you know, on, I mean, baby. Like, that's, I love you know, this, like, we, we got this. podcast, man. Like, that's what the numbers were showing. Like, Oh, yeah, that's we started. It was like 99% of all podcast fails. I was like, good thing I'm not doing this for money. Right. You know, like, exactly. It, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I'm going to yeah. push this message. You know, we've, we've yeah. invested over $50,000 in this podcast for sure. And it's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. My, my YouTube channel, we're at 300,000, 307,000 subs. I've never paid for an ad yeah. all organic. Yeah. I have videos that do a hundred thousand views. I have videos that do two, 200 views. Yeah. So what? I'm, yeah. I'm still marching forward, funding and finance by my main core business. Yeah. Then you'll get retro right. views anyway. Let's say you get a video that pops and everything starts going, they're going to go back and watch sure. the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that 200 view video is going to have 200 million. It's going to draw. Right. You, yeah. you just put the content out there and you yeah. be yourself in it. And yeah. that's one thing that like, I was very inspired, like watching your stuff, you know, because honestly, I had no idea who you were, you know, off the, get, off the grip. And he, you know, Friday, he was like, he's like, I got mad. It's like, who? You know what I mean? <laughs> so but like, so but one like, of your videos just popped up, like stuff that I guess fit our algorithm. So I saw your video pop up. I was like, man, he's talking that talk, right? Yeah, so yeah. I started diving into your videos. I was like, I'm reaching out. Like, that's another oh, that man. Happened. 
Yeah. And, and, and I feel like, you know, but that's where, like, God helps me, right? Yeah, that's God right. did this for me Come because, on. like, a lot of the things we've talked about today are things that, like, Friday can tell you that we've talked about. And our, and it's like he'll do that to get me to my next, you know, thought process, my next yeah. step. You know, where where's this going? Because sometimes, as you know, like, you start doing the social media stuff, right? You'll have days where you're like, you know, what the hell am I doing? Sure. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I really, like. Who am I doing this? You know, but then then yeah. I step back and I'm like, you know, it's like I see my people come up yeah. through this process, mm-hmm. right? So like even this, like even even our producer coming up from this or my brother-in-law, but like in my business, my motivation is seeing like like one of my head guys in the field who sprays foam and a hot ass addict, right? Bust his ass, and they work for Peace Rate, so they work basically commission, right? So they work, for, the more you install, the more you get paid, but it has to be done right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I did that. I don't do hourly. By the way, had I known, it, we, I just got my whole attic just redone. Yes. I had to, I should have known. <laughs> if it ain't foam, it's not a... Yeah, no, it's, it's, so you, you need a free inspection though, to make sure they did it right. So okay, okay, there you go. He's you know what I mean? Always closing, baby. I love so it. It's, you know, because not, not all of them... That's the nickname right they're there. Not Give all, some coffee. They're, yeah. not all, uh, they're not created equal, you know what I mean? So yeah. the last thing you want is gaps and voids in there, that hot-ass attic. So if your attic's not seventy five degrees, there's something wrong. Right. Man, you had said something real quick. I want to I want to touch on. This is big with uh, me and Walter. He, you know, he mentors a lot of people. I mentor a lot of people in my industry. Man, who, who's the mentor behind you, man? I know there has to be somebody that's. Oh yeah, straight that, up that rock. Pat, Patrick B. David. Okay. Patrick B. David. He runs Value Tame. Uh, uh, what is it, Laquan? Like four? Is it three or four point two million subs right now? And uh, he's an immigrant from Iran, refugee. Went to Germany, went to LA. And uh, anyway, make a long story short, no college degree. He had a 1.8 GPA, I had a 2.2 GPA. Yeah. I, uh, I was visiting my sister out in LA. And she goes, you need me my pastor, he's my boss. Pastor Dudley Rutherford of Shepherd Hills Church. And I get to meet with him and he said, like, you, you reminded me of somebody here in LA, that he's the Iranian version of you. And later <laughs> on he sees Patrick and he says, hey, I ran into someone, he's a Filipino version of you. <laughs> So he reached out to me in my book, I think on page 43, he sends me a message on Facebook in 2009. I'm just a one-man operation at the time during the Great Recession. Anyway, make a long story short, we finally circle back and finally get on the phone in 2014. So I'm a five-year follow-up. Right. You know, the importance <laughs> of follow-up, you know, oh, says, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, a five-year follow-up. And so we start dancing in January 2015, and my business went, wow. you know, and so he recently sold the company to a, a, a large, uh, the largest privately held company in all of Texas, which is Integrity Marketing Group, downtown Dallas. You know that pointy building, mm-hmm. the uh, fountain, fountain place? There's nine floors in there of Integrity Marketing Group. He sold it for a few hundred million dollars. Uh, I have an equity position in the company. And so I'm staying on, and I, my job is now to take this company to next level. Nice. Patrick started Valuetainment Media, you know, started his podcast. He's attracting a lot of talent. He's, a lot of, he's got a lot of politicians he plays as a strategist for too as well because that's kind of like his thing. And now he's a new minority owner of the New York Yankees. Nice. Wow. So uh, all the way from yeah. nothing to something. So that's the guy that's behind me, brother. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that good. makes that's, a lot of sense. That's a good person. He has some good clips on Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he's got some good advice out there. Like, yeah, because I've yeah, actually seen obviously, him Obviously, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But, but it, you know how many people he's probably talked to and not everybody listens? You know, it's, it's like every person I've ever trained to, like, you know, in our industry, like, you know, I've, I've probably trained, you know, 150 salespeople in my career. I can only name one person who actually got it. Of course, and, yeah. And he was the only one that I felt like can go toe to toe with me, right? <laughs> and and it's, and it's sad because now he's selling bicycles, but he owns his own bicycle <laughs> shop. But it's like, but no, like he was that good. 
but I could never get him to join my team when I left that company. I'm like, dude, just come on over, man. Just yeah, come yeah. on over. But he always wanted to just kind of be like my arch enemy. Like, he's like, I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. I like competitiveness, but it's like, you know, I'm sell, I'm not selling <laughs> bicycles. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. but he, you know, but not everybody gets it. Mm-hmm. You know, so for you to to get with him and yeah. literally take that, and then you know, then yeah. you see everything change, especially after the recession, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, when you're like contemplating again. Yeah. You know, that's the thing too. Like in business, you contemplate. Yeah. Like, okay, I got here, and then like it could literally go away. You know, I could lose all my customers, and we're done. And the adjustment in the recreation process isn't just thirty days or six days and ninety days. It's a shift of thinking, a shift of action, a shift of results, yeah. and that can take a, a couple quarters, maybe even a year or two. Yeah, I mean, it's like trying to turn the big ass Titanic. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just because you turn the, the wheel three times, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It does not mean you just turned. Automatic response. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, a mile and a half later, you're turning. Yeah, if you're, if you're a one-man operation, it's easy to turn. You're a yeah. speedboat. Right. But if you've got, you know, a company, you got assets, you got people that are working together with, it's, yeah. Well, and the more people involved, it's, it's that much more difficult. You right. know what I mean? Like right. trying to get your team on board to actually do this, you know, because you wake up, you have a great idea. Mm-hmm. And then you got to go try to implement it. Yeah. And then you're like, why am I asking permission? You know what <laughs> I mean? But it's like you do that because that's what a leader does. Like you want like-minded individuals that are going to not be like, yes, sir, no, sir. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want people to be like, yeah, I got this idea, you know, and not just say, yes, I'll do that. You know, I want them to challenge me. Right. And um, so... So now I want to kind of get to how did Seven Figure Squad become a thing? Like, like yeah. So I followed Patrick's footsteps because when he started Valuetainment, he created videos to communicate with the sales force across the country, and so that's what I wanted. So I said, let me model that. And um, here's you know here's better ways to run your business. Here's better ways to sell insurance. Here's better ways to you know whatever the topic were. And then I found out too that it wasn't just insurance people listen to me. It wasn't just my team listened to me. It was right. because it was public. It was solar guys listening to me. It was people in church, running a church. It was construction folks. It was just pe- people who wanted to know money a little bit more, more broadly. They would subscribe to my YouTube channel. It wasn't really until I focused on, check this out, this is funny. It wasn't until I focused on, we went on a run uh, where for every, it was called Vlogmas. Every day from December 1st to Christmas, we had to put out a video every day. Okay. It was like, it was like That's intense. Oh, yeah, exactly. And so my team, like, okay, we got everything Monday through Saturday. But what do we talk about on Sunday? Who so wants to know about insurance <laughs> on <laughs> right. Sunday? I'm like, you know what? Let's take a stab at this. Um, I've always been interested in Proverbs and King Solomon and the right. biblical perspective of money. And uh, let's do a, let's do a, you know, uh, my favorite story, um, Parable of the Talents. Let's break down Proverbs. Let's break down another couple of my favorite stories in the Bible that taught me a little bit more about finance and how God wants me to be aware of, you know, finances and stewardship. Bro, that took off. Took off. I mean, I'm not going to lie. As soon as she started tying the two together, like, I did yeah. not catch that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, shout out King David, right? Like, in Solomon. Like, for real, like, I read that so much lately. And I was like, I did not make the correlation. And now I'm like, oh, man. Now I totally want to have a Bible study with entrepreneurship to the Bible. Exactly. Like, dude, that's like the coolest thing I've ever yeah, heard in my life. And through that process, brother, I found, I found like excitement and purpose. I don't care who's watching it. And the, uh, we, I mean, of course, you got to create catchy titles like, Hi, the Bible made me a millionaire. Right. And yeah, then you got, yeah. and yeah, then you got, got and, yeah. and, and by the way, it's clickbait. And guess which audience was the biggest pushback? Judgmental Christians. The, we talk about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. And, 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 and like, that's why, that's why we love like not to sound, you know. That's why we love what we do because, like, what we're trying to push is like you can, you know, love God and have faith, yeah. but you don't have to be this cookie cutter person, right? 
Like you can, yeah. you know, if Walter bust out a cuss word real quick. Like that doesn't make him less yeah. or, less Christian than the next guy. Those people who are judging are actually which yeah. probably I mean, that's just behind closed doors or mm-hmm. just by judging. You know, yeah. that's, well, that's how that's it is. It's you know, like I mean, obviously, you know, the Bible has contradictions, this and that. But I'm like, you know, Jesus came for a reason, right? He, you know, he's allowing us forgiveness through our sins. You know, obviously, if you go do the same bad thing over and over and over again, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, that's against the rules. Sure. But it's like, I have tattoos, mm-hmm. you know. But to certain people, that's really bad. Sure. I'm going to hell. <laughs> and I'm like. Uh, They're too literal. I'm like, just wait until yeah, next, right, next yeah. you know, next month when I got the Jesus tat on. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, I don't care. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm leaving this body behind anyway. You know, <laughs> right. I'm going to get that new sexy body. So, you know what I mean? Like, that heavenly body. You know, that heavenly body. So I'm like, you know, maybe he'll replicate we it. Talk about, we talk about division with inside America. How come there's so much division with inside the body of Christ? Right. You got the Lutheran, you got the it's Catholic, because it's, you got the Christian. It's because oh. religion itself is... It's it. It's, it's a business. Yeah. It's, a, it's Religion equals power, right? Yeah. Look at the Vatican. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And you know it's, it's, I mean? it's, it's like, it's like race. At the end of the day, we're humans, but we're breaking it down to yeah. all these other things. And yeah. that's what religion is. It's It really separates you. So people got caught up in the religious practices instead of the relationship practices. They, exactly. They got know. away with their own relationship. Well, the, the one thing that, you know, like... For some reason, like, so God's always showed me, like, you know, don't lose sight. It's come up a lot. And, you know, my wife's actually going to start writing books, too, yeah. um, about a lot of our, our journey through spiritual warfare and different things that we've dealt with mm-hmm. through this. And uh, don't lose sight always comes out. But that's what Christians do is they lose sight of Jesus. Mm-hmm. They lose sight of the book. They lose yeah. sight of being human, yeah. right? Humanity. Yeah. Right? So we're, we've all, you know, that's the division, right? Yeah. It's all, and it goes back to good versus evil. It's like, yeah. you know, we're, you know, we need to be back to United We Stand. And if you really want to serve people too as well, one of the greatest ways for you to serve people is get their money right. Because now, they can, they're, now they're a kingdom builder. They're not only bringing talents, of course you can bring that, not only bringing you know, your, your, your time, but also you're bringing resources. Right. And what does every ministry need? Resources. They need bringing finances and resources. Yeah. So you know, that's where, again, that's where the enemy gets people confused. Uh, we just, you just mentioned you saw the interview I did with Master P. He's a Christian, he's a believer, right. but he's in hip hop. Yeah. And in that world, guess what he's doing? He's blessing other rappers and hip hop artists. He blessed Snoop Dogg and, right. and all these guys and they thank him and he stands as a man of God and how many children are blessed because now he's got his cereal in the school systems, in the, in the supermarkets because he's got a healthier breakfast. Why? Because he decided to take a leap of faith, leap of faith and right. start a business. Yeah. And so your, your business, your finances, your resources, you're right, it is supposed to be for, for your own gain. Of course, you got your own. You know, if you want to take care of yourself too, as well, take care of yourself. But more so, Thanks. how much more are you taking care? Well, that, of and that's how, and that's how I interpreted mm-hmm. scripture too. It's like you know, you you know, God will give you more than than you know you deserve in reality, right? So, mm-hmm. but you got to give. Well, the way I give too is like my company actually pays you know more than any other insulation company in the Metroplex, right? And I'm proud of that because I've got that same guy I told you about my lead sprayer. Mm-hmm. He made one hundred eleven thousand dollars last year. Nice. You know, this is a nice. high school dropout, no college degree, mm-hmm. making more than most college educated people, and he busts his ass, and he's still home by three o'clock with his family. You see, see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like right, his first ministry. Yeah. Right, so yeah, yeah. it's like so I'm giving back because yeah. I'm bringing the people up with me. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I started my company is because you know what I got taken advantage of my whole career yeah. because I was a work my ass off till I die type guy and treated like my own. Yeah. Well, people will take advantage of that. So for me, I started this because, sure, could I make another couple hundred thousand dollars a year? Absolutely. But then I'm going to pay these guys way less. Mm-hmm. But what's the value? Right. What is my value there? 
So kind of like Master P said, like it's better if you create more bosses, you know, more kings yeah. and queens. Yeah. Then that's what it's about. Yeah. You know, and and now we're creating a community, and that community can work together in a movement to take back America and reestablish the, you know, the values and principles of how this country was started. Because nobody's buying us. The reason why a lot of people don't respect Trump, right? Because he's draining the swamp. You know, why these so there's establishment people, and then there's anti-establishment people. Right. He's an anti-establishment person. If you go back, if you do the digging down of who actually is funding and financing their campaigns, Trump is finance a majority of his campaign. Right. In other words, no PAC, no super PAC is buying him. Right. So you see some of these guys, Clinton, how much how much do you think they've funded their their own campaign? Well none. The, zero. The foundation had five hundred million dollars. Exactly. Zero. <laughs> so they're not raising their own cash right. in the kitty. Because now they're listening to everybody him. else. Right. So well and, and I mean, you know, and Trump knew the ins and outs because before he even ran for president, he was funding the Clintons. Oh, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's but that was how it is. If yeah. you have money, right, yeah. and you want to get shit done I'm going to give the politi- politicians the money, right? I mean, that's how they become yeah. wealthy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, because $180,000 a year does not make you a multimillionaire. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm no, saying? No, yeah, so, yeah. But they all seem to be wealthy, right? So we all know things go on, but Trump would, you know, donate to the Clintons, and they were all friends, and this and that. But that's why I respect him, because he knew behind the scenes. And he's actually been exactly who he was going to be back when he was on Oprah in 92. Mm-hmm. He's still saying the same shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he got persecuted through this whole process and mm-hmm. will continue to get persecuted, right? Mm-hmm. Whether he gets presidency or not, they're always after him because he's a threat, because he wants to expose all the bullshit because mm-hmm. he has nothing to lose. And on top of that, he was helping out Jesse Jackson in 99. Yeah, but that's, so it's like, but that's what I'm saying. So, you know, people are, are fixated on certain things yeah. that were said or this and that. And, and dude, nobody's perfect. Yeah. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect, right? There's nobody but Jesus Christ is perfect. Right? Amen. So... But we can't fixate on everybody's, you know, past. Yeah. You know, but he did do what he said he was going to do. And they've, they're they trying to, you know, go after him. Yeah. And that's, but that's why, that's what's scary about politics. Because we, we, we woke up, right? Yeah. That's why the Bud Light thing happened. That's mm-hmm. why the Target thing happened. That's why the, the, the movie, right? All these things are happening now. And they're, they're huge momentums. Mm-hmm. Because of him stepping in at that moment and sh- exposing, if he did anything else, he exposed yep. to the, the 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 quiet majority, and that's what we needed, you know. In my there's, opinion, there's, a, there's another guy, another candidate on the Republican side. His name is Vivek Gramanswamy. I don't know if you've heard of him. No, Indian guy, that's 35. A hell of a name right there. Yeah, you should check him out. Sharp. Fire. He uh, he says if you if you vote me as president, here's my plan to wipe out. The three-letter agencies to wipe out the deed state, mm. get rid of 32% of the jobs, and he has a plan. Mm. He put on Instagram, I'd wipe out the FBI, I reassign those agents under Homeland Security, I put them over here with me, right? So he's like, take, <laughs> right, he's moving right. these departments. He got, he's getting rid of the Department of Education, he's reallocating those resources, and all the federal government employees says, What are you talking about? That's my livelihood, that's my job. Well, welcome to the rest of America. Mm. <laughs> wow. Because the government's too damn big. That's the problem with America. And too old. Right? So establishment and anti-establishment. Old. And the, the guy went from nothing at the beginning of the year. Now he's the number three candidate. He's, wow. He'll be on the debate stage here uh, in August. Yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta take from that name, though. Vivek so. Gramanswamy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, just look for the longest name <laughs> in, in American Just remember Vivek. Yeah, right? Yeah. But, but that, that's what America needs, right? You, yeah. know, um, you know, Trump was a little, you know, he had Twitter fingers and he, uh, you know, yeah. He wasn't a politician, so he didn't speak like a politician. Yeah, he was a street guy. Right. 
Yeah. Which it worked, you know, you send the hitman in first, right? Mm-hmm. But then the mob boss shows up and he, you know, he does the talking. So the next guy's got to be a talker, yeah. right? But he has to also do what he says he's going to do yeah. and not be a puppeteer. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's, that's so what. I, my bad to cut you off. But I know we're kind of running short on time, but let's get a couple little clickbait things out the way real quick. So question. Okay. What was the feeling like when you first saw a million dollars in your bank account? I'm going to pay a lot you of know, taxes. You know, I, I uh, <laughs> uh, first thing is like, damn right. Right. Damn right. Freaking, they ought to be there. And I'm thinking right away, I better not see that again, babe. Do some of the money because I know my tendency is I'm about to, I'm about to relax. Right? Like, I'm high-fiving. And mentally, I'm like winding up. No, no, babe, get rid of the money. Put it somewhere. So I've, and I, I wore for three years after that this bracelet called Power of Broke. Damon John wrote a book called Power Broke. Okay. So let me operate again when I remember I was operating when I was flat broke, had nothing in the bank. So for the next three years, I didn't see the bank account. Mm. So I just didn't want to get comfortable. Right. And I didn't want to define my business and my purpose because of a monetary deposit in my bank account. So at that, at that point, I realized my business now is not based on surviving. It's not based on status. It's based on purpose. And I want to stay in that space. In the meantime, though, get the money out the bank. Right. <laughs> so that kind of leads me to my next question. What's, what's been your best purchase and your worst pur- purchase? Uh, best purchase was my wife's wedding ring. Mm. I sold my car. Um, I, and then uh, it's funny because we're looking at all these old videos. I did was, a video. it, was it a Hyundai Genesis? It was a... <laughs> <laughs> It was a 2007 Lexus GS300 with a purple license plate. It's going. Cool. <laughs> okay, all right. Rims, though, you know? Dude, that's a... And, they uh, need to be sold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I go downstairs. I go down to, uh, uh, you know, Diamond Road, Julia Road in, in Chicago. Got a ring. And, uh, and my best investment has been getting married to my wife. Uh, because here's, here's the weird thing about... I want to understand what I mean. Now, come, come from a guy that... Used to play the field that spent his entire 30s to pay the stakes in my 20s. Once I made that commitment to my wife, mentally, spiritually, sexually, financially, it's amazing how that shifted into other commitments that I would make. And, yeah. and when, when my wife feels confident that I'm not playing the game, you can look at my phone, I'm going to take, take my phone, knock yourself out. You want to see my DMs? You want, right. I don't care. Matter of fact, log into your phone so you can see it. You know, I, I don't care because I got nothing to hide Thanks. because I'm not trying to honor you. I'm trying to honor God. And in honoring God, I'm honoring you, my wife, right. and honoring my family. And the last thing I want to do is to be a distraction for my children. I don't want to be a distraction for my wife. You know what I mean by distraction? Like sometimes, like there's CEOs that do things that make it harder for their employees to work there or sell their product or service. Right. I don't want to be a distraction for my family. I don't want to be an embarrassment to my last name, the brand that I was building. So... And your last name, I, I, I love that because so I'm 31. I've been with my wife since I was 16. Damn, bro, yeah. that's serious. So that's never, tough. Yeah, because you're growing still, man. Your brain's still developing. And- exactly. So 16, she's the only woman I've been with since I was 16. Never cheated. Believe we've lived together since we were 17. Like, and by the way, you're not missing anything. You're, you're not missing anything. So, <laughs> so, some, yes. some guys are saying, "Oh my gosh," you know, I mean, think about how many guys like yes. all the girls I'm saying no to. You don't. I mean, all the opportunity. Yeah. Bro, it's, it's, exactly. if you find a good woman by your side, bro, it's, I'm telling you, man, it's and the too, greatest. You just thing. don't, you don't, you just don't cheat on your wife. You cheat on your kids. That's you right. Cheat on yourself. So mm-hmm. it's not just one person that you're, you're betraying. Yeah. yeah. 
and but I, I think sometimes too, like um, women though, right? This goes back to the way people feel like they have to feel, look, act, this stuff, right? So you get put on the chopping block, and I don't know if it's you, but I know I do from time to time. It's like, who you talking to? Are you, you know, you cheating on me? Are you faithful? All these things. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't think you understand the core value I have inside <laughs> as a man, right? right? That keeps me loyal, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care, you know. I, I Made you that commitment when I was 16 years old, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're developing, you're growing. She basically had to raise me, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I was a bad kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then I finally got it right. But she stuck by my side, so why would I go do that, mm-hmm. right? The ultimate, right? Why would I go do that and ruin mm-hmm. our lives, our commitment, right? Yeah. And, and obviously, I'm not, I'm not following God's word at that point. But yeah. it's like, I feel like women are put in that position to feel like inadequate. Like mm-hmm. she's younger, she's... You know, this, she's that, right? Yeah. You know, I call it the Kardashian effect because I'm like, you know, they're obviously, you know, the staple of what women think they need to look mm-hmm. like with the fillers and the injections and stuff. And I'm like, babe, you're beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. had four kids, but damn. It's either that or the complete opposite because it's like city girls right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that or you're like, I don't need a guy. I'm good. I'm well, you know, but, <laughs> but I think a lot of women are like, you know, that's what you want, right? This, 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 you know, big breast, big butt girl, this and this. I'm like, no, that's what people put in their music videos. And that's what the Kardashian wants you think you got to look like, because that's what somebody told them they had to look like. Yeah. If, if my wife was posting pictures of her on Instagram, she's shown her stuff and she's got assets, right? Right. I'd feel less about her because I want what no other man sees. Right. That's valuable to me. That's, that, that's respecting me. Sure. You know what I mean? And so a lot of women think opposite. No, I got to show this stuff because I got, I, where I was just on a podcast on Thursday. Bring that value down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this girl right next to me, she's a fitness model, but she's, she's got, you know, a lot of followers. And, and it's not, now she wants to sell a product, right? She wants to sell a, whatever. And nobody's really buying. Right. It's like, we don't care about your damn product. Keep posting freaking butt pics. Right. Right. <laughs> right? Show, show us your shoulder workout. It's yeah. your, really, that's her butt workout, but it's her shoulder workout. So a lot of guys might be attracted to that, but it's the wrong attraction that you don't want. Right. And so. The devil's work. Yeah. It's, you know? Uh, my, my wife is, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a blessing. You know, Proverbs talk about when you have a wife, it's a blessing from God. And I don't want to ruin that blessing, man, because, you know, when much is given, also much is expected, but it's given, also can be taken away. Yeah, Back. for real. I mean, I, I, I saw something the other day. This uh, one of our uh, home builders, you know, he does a lot of a lot of fifteen, twenty million dollar builds in Highland Park. And somebody asked him, I said, you know, what's the longevity to a marriage? He's like God. He's like, if you guys are both with God, you, you can yeah, do yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? And, that, and I was like, damn. You know, because obviously yeah. I'm new to faith, so it's yeah. like it's like you know, when I say new to faith, you know, new to how deep rooted it is. But I'm like, okay, well, I've been doing it right since the beginning. So I'm yeah. like, you know, hashtag blessed. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, I want I want people to realize that. That if you find one, right, you know, there are ride or die women out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, we as men love them for what they are, who they are. And it's like, we don't have to have what you think mm-hmm. people want you to, you know, what men want. Yeah. And I, I hate when that's said. The most beautiful thing that my wife can do for me outside of, obviously, she's taking care of herself physically. But I told her, babe, you're the closest thing to me, man. Like, Next to you is my mom, right? My mom talks to me a certain way. That's why a lot of men won't talk to a lot of men, but that's why they talk to their mom. But if you have a wife in your life, I said, babe, listen, the last thing I need you to do, I deal with doubt, fear, confusion. Am I good enough? Can I do this? Trolls. I deal with this stuff 
on a daily basis. Right. What I need from you is what? I need you to say, hey, babe, you got this. You're good enough. You deserve better. You're earning better. I'm so proud. That's what I need. Babe, I need it from you. Not for you to kiss my ass. I just need that weird type of freaking reassurance because you're the closest. Yeah, yeah, you're the closest thing to it. I need my wife yeah. to believe I'm going to run through that freaking wall for you, but I just need you to yeah, believe man. in me, not to think that I'm freaking texting some bull crap yeah, that's somewhere else. That's, anyway, the, last you, that's <laughs> the last thing you want to hear. Well, exactly. that, You've been grinding all day, and then the one thing you hear, oh, what's going on? And like, nah. <sighs> and and I mean, I think that's a, it's a growth period, too, and I think that's where God really helps a lot of relationships because, I mean, it's you know we're going through that phase, too. You know, It's like everything's getting better and better, and mm-hmm. i tell you what, months later, it's like, damn. I didn't realize I'd be this happy. And, you know, we, 21 years, I'm like, damn, I'm happier now than I've ever been. And it's because we're starting to have that realization, that connection again, where we're trying to get away from that day-to-day bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, because you're right. Because I call, you know, you know, there's people paid to basically say, great job, right? High five, mm-hmm. you're doing yeah. good, you know yeah. what I mean? Flattery. But, exactly. Flattery. And I'm like, I don't need that. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not going to pat my own back, but I'm like, I need yeah. my wife to pat my back, mm-hmm. right? You know, and it's, it doesn't have to be every single day, but I'm like, hey, just let me know I'm doing mm-hmm. good because it doesn't matter who tells me. If it comes from you, it matters. Yeah. And it's like, you know. And guess what the man will do to a wife in return? Subconsciously with what? We're going to bless her. Like right. subconsciously, we'll take care of you. So yeah. you're like, I realized when my wife started doing that, and by the way, I got to do better to do too as well, because I got to make sure I edify my wife too as well. Your mom, you're doing this, you doubts to yourself, you're not feeling as good. Yeah. Uh, I, so as men, we got to do our part too as well. Well, right? and it's, it's difficult, right? Like even last night, it's like, um, or in, last night and today, she, you know, she, you know, her sister being in the hospital right now, this and that, she went over there and cleaned her entire, her sister's entire house, organized pantries, like mm. did all this cool stuff. And so when I was home a little while ago before this podcast, I was like, you know what? It's like, I'm proud of you. Great job. That's that, you know, yeah. this and that. She's like, no, thank you. Nice. I'm like, it's not about the thank you. It's mm-hmm. about I want you to know that nothing you do goes unnoticed. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that's the way too is to be like, yeah. you know, like, hey, you know, we both do that to each other, right? Yeah. You know, and, and she does that. She's my biggest support system. I would not be where I'm at without her. Yeah. Facts. Amen. And so, but man, it's uh, praying for marriages out there, man. Praying for marriages and a right wife, husband for you to marry. Yeah. Right. And if it's the wrong person, do do things the right way. You don't have to go cheat or do this, you know. It's time to split. You know, mm-hmm. split the right way. Yep. Yeah. Don't create an enemy. Right. You're, you're going to know yeah. right off the bat, you know, if you, you get past the looks and this and that, because you can have a dime piece as an ugly soul. Sure. You know and what I'm saying? Yeah. A, a hot 10 internally, really, at the end of the day, is a two. Yeah. I mean, it's a, that's not, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work, man. It doesn't, dime piece. It, doesn't, it doesn't compute. You know, that dime minus nine, you know what I'm saying? That's a penny. Is it, that's uh, a penny for your thoughts, too. So sure. I'm going to trademark that, guys. Boom. You know what I mean? So we, we got one last question, and we just started doing this. Usually we do this in the beginning, but this episode will finish it. Is there anything in your life right now you need prayer about? Yeah, I want to pray for our marriage. I'm going to pray for my kids, our families. Uh, for me, that from an you know, individual standpoint, I also want to pray for Dallas. I want to pray for our pastors, our politicians. I want to pray for the leaders of our country, especially with the movie Sound of Freedom just being released. I want to pray for the children, and, and I'm just... You know, it hurts me to know that uh, these kids are put in these positions and they're forced to lie. They're forced to do the things they're supposed to do on a daily basis. I'm praying for for people out there to care enough because human trafficking is a crime that less than 1% get arrested. And I hope that more people get aware of the seriousness of the crime, that finally the powers that be get exposed that's facilitating this because the last thing we have to worry about in our society is somebody snatching up our kids, stealing our kids, stealing our future, 
and putting the mom and dad in that role. I mean, I was watching that movie. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine what the dad was going through. Right. You know, the guilt that dad was feeling and, and uh, the helplessness that he felt. You know, we, 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 we joke about the movie Taken, you know. Yeah, my dad was special skills. But what type of movie was that, though? It was a human trafficking movie. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I, I don't have those special skills. Imagine, like, you got to call somebody who's got the special skills, who, who can track down who they need to track down. Right. <clears throat> so I, I'm praying that a lot of these military guys, cops, come out the woodwork because they got the specialized skills right. to serve their community because a lot of nonprofit organizations there. So, yeah, long answer. Those are the things I would love. Yeah, I mean, you know that, that when that guy becomes president and takes away the IRS, he can take all those agents and make a human trafficking you know, organization where that's all they do day in and day out, right? All day. I mean, because you can yeah. use a, a million good qualified people to do that because yeah. it's a problem all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the, people, the biggest consumer is Americans. Yeah, and people don't realize it's a lot of the, the very, very, very wealthiest people who are involved in a lot of that. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. Isn't, it, isn't it crazy somebody can get locked up for someone, you know, a couple pounds of weed and do more time than somebody who yeah. raped somebody uh-huh. or... Sexual yeah. assault. That, that's that's the yeah exactly. So yeah. we we pray, pray for the right politicians to make the right laws. Right, it's because they're involved. So when they yeah. get caught, the sentence is, is lighter on them. Like they know what they're doing. I mean, it's a it's a it's a crooked, a corrupt world, and you know. But you know, I, I've often said it before. I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm not gonna pay attention. I can't do anything about it. But it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I and I say that. Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest with you. But really, if we all do our part, one human at a time, right? And just say, hey, look, this is what we can do. Well, all of us together are much larger than the ones that are against us. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, he who, he who in, is in me is stronger than he who is in the world. And, uh, you know. That's but Matt, right. man, I, uh, dude, I want to say thank you so much. And, dude, I feel like, yes, you know. I, pray for your, I pray for your podcast, too. Let this blow up, man. Yeah. Sir, thanks, dude, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on, man. And, uh. Dude, I'm like, I'm a fanboy now. So, <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. I mean, there's there's a lot of business things I want to talk to you about at some point. Yeah. Um, Let's grab a cigar and some uh, whiskey. We'll talk about it at the Cowboys Club. Yeah, man. I love yeah. that, dude. I, uh, I got a lot of ideas and questions. Um, but, you know, I, I I can tell you, you've already, you've already made the mistakes and, and had the, the good <laughs> outcomes. And, yeah. and I yeah. like I told you, I don't reinvent the wheel. So, go. like, I will listen, literally listen to other people, right? And, I'll, and I'll make, you know, educated decisions because some people will sell you false hopes and dreams. Yeah. But it's like, you know, but I, I really appreciate you and respect you and admire you. Um, you know, shout out to your boy over here, yeah, man. Laquan, man. You Laquan's know, doing it. Next time, when we have that cigar, I hope he's at, at 250, all right? <laughs> if he's not, I'm going to give you some personal outside the, the box Texas sales experience. <laughs> so just watch me work. <laughs> Come <okay>? on, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you can get both. You know, yeah, and, uh, dude, man, it, it's a real pleasure, brother. Oh, okay. Appreciate it, Oh, man. You too, man. All right. Well, guys, that wraps up today's Select View episode. Uh, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, he, he obviously <laughs> speaks for himself, but you know what? I want you guys to check out Faith Made Millionaire on Amazon. Buy that book. It, le- it legitimately will come next day. And uh, I want you to check out that book. And then I know in the future there's, there's going to be more because he's, he's, a, he's a wealth of information. So just watch, watch him do his work. Follow him. Like, share. Do everything you got to do. But definitely don't, uh, don't lose sight of Matt. So yeah. see you all next time.